1: Okay, I'm
2: waiting for the explanation on this one. <laughs> I think
3: uh, I, here's my 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 10 cent psychological review of my own mind.
2: <laughs> As we pull up to, uh, you know, Lucy at the advice desk yes. from Peanuts. <laughs> exactly.
3: I, yesterday, uh, you, I was texting you after the show. I had this. I had a whole show, and if people were listening yesterday, I feel like the whole show that my my brain wasn't sparking on all of the <laughs> cylinders that it should have been sparking on, that I couldn't form normal sentences. It just felt like everything was coming out of my mouth in bizarre fashion, and I was thinking about it all day, and John Moore sent me the sweetest text after the show yesterday morning, and you and I were texting about it, and I was having this whole internal crisis, I think, wondering... Did COVID eat some of the gray matter of my brain? (laughs) What happened yesterday? And I I think that's why I woke up. Like, oh, she's sweet, but she's psycho. (laughs) So that's, that's where I think this came from.
2: Well, there's a lot to unpack there. <laughs> I, I, I don't agree with you yesterday. I thought you were great yesterday. Yeah, we thought yeah. it was good. I think you're being mm-hmm. a little hard on yourself. I do, too.
3: I think the thing that really got me was when three times in a row I said "tooth parry
2: instead of "tooth fairy."
4: <laughs> I yeah, just... I mean there was that. I mean, I thought um,
2: you were spot well, I'm glad, on. Otherwise, I'm glad she said it, not us. Hey, <laughs> everybody misses the free throws every now and then. <laughs> Well, uh, speaking of free throws, that's a good segue to talk about what you mentioned in your uh, sportscast there, Jim Zokia, that tonight, even though the Charlotte Hornets uh, just lost their franchise player, he's out for the season, LaMelo Ball, uh, even though the Hornets and the Hive tonight, Spectrum Center, going to be the the center of the NBA universe because Kevin Durant is returning from injury, and he is going to play his first game as a Phoenix Sun tonight at the Spectrum Center, so uh, all of the NBA will be watching this tonight and he uh, actually he was at shoot around in Charlotte yesterday and he was talking about uh, being ready to play again.
5: I feel great. I've been uh, looking forward to uh, getting this opportunity to play again. It's been a long time. I was having fun out there before I got injured so looking forward to going out there and picking up where I left off as far as just having fun and just getting lost in the game. I'm looking forward to doing that again. The guys, has been great at integrating me in all the sets and having a long practice so we can figure some stuff out, so it's been fun. I'm looking forward to try to, you know, get some, uh, some, um, you know, translate that over to the floor and um, see how we can keep building.
2: So he's going to be on what I understand as a, a minute count. He's not going to mm-hmm. play the entire game. And a lot of times when you have a player like this come back from a uh, an injury, uh, they want a soft landing, right? They want a, a place where they can – uh, come out of the gate with not uh, the toughest opponent. So the the Hornets on paper would be that, and now that LaMelo Bell, Ball is out for the season. But they have won five in a row. so They yeah. have actually been playing better. Uh, a lot of that had to do
4: with LaMelo Ball mm-hmm. <laughs> being yep. part of the equation <laughs> here. Oh, but bless uh, his heart. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, we can't have nice things, as we say. He's been injured four times uh, this year, and there are uh, the Hornets haven't said it, but there are reports that he has done for the year. But we talked about it yesterday. Common sense would be he's got a fractured ankle. There's only 19 games left, and you're not going anywhere postseason-wise. Uh, that he would not play, even if uh, if it's possible to even come back from that. But, yeah, to have KD make his return on the national stage, it's been almost two months, his first game as a Phoenix Sun after being traded by uh, Brooklyn. So it'll be uh, an exciting night at the, whatever we call it now, the Spectrum Center. I was so
3: excited this morning that Bo was telling me, like, Kevin Durant, he was at Myers Park. And I was like, oh, my gosh, isn't he a Phoenix Sun now? And I was right. And
2: I felt really proud So you mentioned the Mustangs Uh, last night. Myers Park beats Charlotte Catholic seventy-six to forty-four. So for the first time since the '60s, uh, Myers Park is in the 4A Final Four. Hey, Uh, coming up this weekend. Now, uh, I I sent you guys a video last night uh, because my son goes to Myers Park and and my daughter did as well. And she played basketball there. So I've watched this team a lot over the last she played uh, for the girls basketball team. So they play right before the boys. So I've watched a lot of Myers Park basketball games in the last, you know, four or five years. And uh, so she's still my daughter is still very plugged into this. And she sends me a video last night that someone took of Kevin Durant walking in and walking up and sitting to watch the game. At Myers Park. And just uh, for those of you who don't know, uh, George Lynch, former Tar Heel, his son, Santana Moss, uh, uh, Santana Lynch, Santana Moss, uh, Santana Lynch (laughs) plays for Myers Park. So George Lynch attends just about every game. And uh, I'll tell you what else I noticed, because I've been to four or five games this season. uh, I know where George sits. And then all of a sudden you started to notice that uh, NBA uh, famous head coach, uh, just legend Larry Brown, for whatever reason, has started attending the games uh, sitting beside George Lynch. Were they all sitting together? Those two were. Uh, and so last night, uh, I looked at the video, and there Kevin Durant is walking up the stairs, and he goes and sits down beside George Lynch and Larry Brown. <laughs> so, and I think Gerald Henderson was mm-hmm. there last night. So Eric uh, Collins was there. <laughs> yeah, members of the the Hornets TV crew were there, and what? that and that makes sense because George Lynch is on the Hornets TV crew. So that, that, I'm sure that they had had a night where they could go see uh, a pretty decent team play that's uh, on the up and coming. But and they,
3: how nerve wracking for all of the, the the high school students? I mean. There are some Kind of superstars sitting just on the sidelines. Where was the owner? On the little. Needed
2: Michael yeah, Jordan right. up there. Where
3: I mean, was Michael Jordan? Maybe Come on, he'll Michael. be there
2: uh, this weekend for the final four. I heard I Mick know. Jagger was there.
3: Yeah, <laughs> no, he was he at was, the Thirsty Beaver. He was out and
2: about. But I mean, that that goes to show you uh, how I mean, this team has been destroying teams all season. Now they have lost a few games. I saw one game that they lost, but they have, uh, for the most part, steamrolled just about everybody they've played. And so Myers Park steamrolls into this final four this weekend, the state four A finals. But but I'll tell you this, I was not there last night, uh, uh, but I, like I said, I, I there's plenty of pictures and video uh, of the fact that Kevin Durant was watching the game. Now, I was there the day, about three or four years ago, back when, uh, when Drake May was playing for Myers Park. He also played basketball when he played at Myers Park, in addition to football. Uh, but Drake May, uh, at this point in time, was playing for the boys' team. My daughter was playing for the girls' team. So uh, I, I was sitting in there, and we stayed for the boys' game, and then all of a sudden, Nick Saban walks in, <laughs> just sort of unannounced. Wow. The head coach of Alabama walks by and goes and sits over behind the bench. So uh, there was Kevin Durant there last night. Nick Saban there. No, no, no. At that point in time, uh, Drake May had uh, committed to Alabama, and then he he after he since <gasps> you know decommitted and ended up signing with North Carolina. And I did he, know he
0: did that.
2: Yeah. So that was back yeah. when when uh, Nick Saban was was hot on the trail of Drake May, but I got was like, helicopter and left after the game. <laughs> pretty yeah, much. Like, Thanks, guys. But it's like this you're sitting in there and all of a sudden there's this hush, like wait, wait, who is is that who I think it is? Yeah, it is who we think it is. And he And kinda, he
3: sits down on the little wooden bleachers yeah, right just ba- like everybody else. Right
2: behind the bench. And then he got up at some point and left, I'm sure because if he had stayed till the game was over, he would have gotten gotten hounded. But at one point he started walking and then he finally just kind of waved to the crowd and acknowledged and it was, uh, but yeah, so so that was pretty cool. Like, uh, n- n- first Nick Saban, and then last night, Kevin Durant. So
3: I need to go hang out at Myers Park basketball oh, yeah. That's where it's happening. Or the Thirsty Beaver. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like more fun. <laughs> <laughs> I,
2: I know that's where Kevin Durant and Nick Saban went after Afterwards. Myers Park at the Thirsty Beaver. To yes. hang out with Mick Jagger. That's exactly right. 6 13 on WBT, Teresa Payton, our cybersecurity expert, who I understand always already made an appearance on NBC this morning.
3: Yeah, she was on the Early Today show at.
2: 3 30 this morning. So we'll. Uh, I we'll saw check. her last night on the news <laughs> on the, NBC. At the Thirsty Beaver? <laughs>
4: yes, her and Lester Holt were at the uh, <laughs> Thirsty Beaver.
2: Plowing ahead into March of 2023. Bell and Beth here on Wednesday, March 1st. Bring on our cybersecurity expert, Teresa Payton, the founder of Fortalist Solutions. Follow her on Twitter, as always, at Tracker Payton. So we're talking about March. I know how she starts her March, I also know how she finished her February on NBC. The ACLU says a ban would violate the First Amendment rights of millions
6: of Americans. Experts say that, in fact, a national ban has little precedent here in the US, but it's common in China.
7: China typically bans big tech and social media companies uh, from their citizens being able to access them ostensibly for some of the same privacy concerns and reasons.
2: Last year, a TikTok executive... So that's part of a story on NBC's Nightly News last night with Lester Holt about uh, the idea of TikTok being banned in the United States. And uh, Teresa Payton making the rounds on primetime last night.
7: Hey, good morning, Bo and Beth. Yes, and uh, I'll be on Fox News later this morning around 10 a.m. am uh, talking with uh, Bill Hemmer and Dana Perino about the U.S. Marshals' uh, recent data incident.
2: So uh, we'll talk about that in a second, but uh, about the TikTok story, there's actually two uh, fronts with TikTok, but this idea uh, that perhaps TikTok could be banned altogether, uh, and that was the uh, the part of the story we heard there you talking about last night. Uh, what about that idea? We've, we've talked about it before, but here it is in the forefront once again.
7: Yeah, this is really interesting because there are sites that in the past have been blocked um, so that Americans cannot access them, there's been technology and products and things like that in the past that have been banned. This would be somewhat unprecedented. This is a social media platform, which now has a U.S. headquarters uh, for sort of the North American implementation of TikTok. Um, And so it'll be interesting to watch. How does this really unfold? Is it actually lawful? Uh, Who can actually issue the ban? And will it stick? Um, You could see where TikTok could potentially bring forward a lawsuit. I know the American Civil Liberties Union has stepped in and said they oppose. A congressional ban on TikTok Um, Really this is one Beth and Bo get the popcorn out Sit back and watch and I don't think Anybody can predict the real ending here
3: Well we've already seen that TikTok is being Banned from a lot of federal devices Devices that are used by government Officials and there's now a deadline On that is this a litmus test For what it might look like To ban TikTok from all Devices
7: It is and I have to say A 30-day full 100% removal is easier said than done. Having worked uh, at the White House, I can tell you sort of when these uh, unfunded mandates come down, you have to do a full inventory. You have to know, you know, where did you open up the policy to even allow access to it? And this isn't just about the app. Many people don't actually have an account on TikTok, but they see things from tiktok based on going to a web page based on posts people have done on other social media platforms so what does this 30-day ban mean uh and again there might be some people working Undercover that need access to TikTok that are government employees with government devices. So, this is going to require all of the technology departments to really do a full scan of all of the hardware, all of the software, and then to be able to create a scorecard to say, yes, indeed, we have removed it. From all government devices, with a few exceptions, to get that done in 30 days, that is going to be a Herculean task.
3: A really quick question about TikTok itself. For those of us, I've never had a TikTok account or opened or, you know, downloaded the TikTok app. But like you just said, it shows up on my Instagram feed or TikTok videos show up in Facebook if you see a TikTok video and it plays through your Instagram feed is that a way for for the the company to get that private data your email address your location things like that is even if you don't have the TikTok app
7: potentially yes uh, it wow. depends on how the TikTok video was shared it depends on whether or not you clicked on it so you opened up the screen you wanted to see you know, rolling kittens or rolling pandas a little bit better. So you click on it to make it bigger. It really depends on sort of how your privacy settings are are set up and how the TikTok access is set up and whether or not you click on it. All of those things could wake up sort of tracking cookies. Uh, you know, different types of information that could potentially be set back. Um, obviously, having an account on TikTok that means your user ID, your password potentially your, uh, all the different account information you fill out and your patterns and behaviors of when you open up the app, close the app, all of those things are considered of concern from a privacy uh, standpoint and uh, are sort of in that conversation of what do we want to make sure stays you know, kind of private and secure versus where are their concerns down the road. Could TikTok be compelled? By the parent company which is headquartered in china to turn over that type of information
2: well that's a whole show a whole hour with you uh, one day i think uh, uh, because a lot of us uh, are not on some of these platforms that you hear Uh, stories about, like TikTok, Beth's not on it and I'm not either, but the idea that you could be vulnerable even if you're not because, you know, sometimes uh, you'll see videos that are from a social media platform that you can access online Mm -hmm. but not actually have the app on your phone. Mm -hmm. But anyway, I want to get to uh, two items, two hacking incidents. We only have about a minute here, but I want to get your short takes on each of these. Uh, U.S. Marshals Service hacked in what's called a major incident and also News Corp hacked. Uh, Two of those very high profile entities. What about it, Teresa? Uh,
7: It's very concerning. We don't know all the details yet about the U.S. Marshals data breach. This is the second time that they have been hacked in recent years. Uh, They do say that the witness protection database is safe. So if anybody's listening and you've got family, friends, or you yourself are in the witness protection database, so far what we know about the forensics is that that has not been compromised. The question is, what has been? Um, you know, has it been uh, informants? Has it been undercover operations and programs? Uh, so more to come on that. Same thing with News Corp. So with News Corp, this is—it uh, sounds like the nefarious cyber operatives had access to News Corp and some of their subsidiary companies for up to two years. I have to tell you, as somebody who had to manage these massive global networks uh, in the past, um, you know, whether it's in banking or whether it was at the white house an attacker having two years worth of access, I would personally not be able to trust our systems ever again. I don't know how Mm -hmm. you completely eradicate them. You know, if you think about sort of, uh, you know, predators or insects, uh, who like get through a building and they're hanging out there for two years how hard it is to get them out of a physical structure.
8: Mm-hmm. This
7: is digital. You can't see them. The evidence mm-hmm. of you know where they are is really hard. So uh, more to come on that, uh, but obviously very concerning for anybody who is a source of information and needs their identity protected, whether it's to U.S. Marshals or to News Corps.
2: Hey, real quick, uh, some book news as we're going out the door here.
7: Yes, yeah, some great book news. So for those of you who have been waiting for the second edition of Privacy in the Age of Big Data, you may remember we were on the Jon Stewart Daily Show with the first edition of the book. Ted and I have a new book out, second edition. You can pre-order it now. If you want a personalized copy, you can order it through Park Road Books. If you want an ebook, or you just want to get the book to a friend or to yourself – You can also go to Amazon.com.
2: Teresa Payton, our cybersecurity expert. She'll be on Fox a little bit later. She was on NBC Nightly News last night. Uh, Needless to say, we appreciate her being on this show. Thank you.
7: Beth and Boats. always a great time to be with you. I look forward to our Wednesday conversations, and be safe out there.
2: News Talk 1110 WBT. First day of March here in the Tyboid studio and everywhere else.
3: We forgot to say rabbit, rabbit, (laughs) rabbit, guys.
2: Oh, we missed the ultimate day yesterday.
3: Because we mentioned
4: the penultimate Yesterday was the
3: ultimate day of February. Yesterday
4: was the ultimate day.
2: (laughs) That's right. Rabbit, rabbit, rabbit. How about, (laughs) how about. Every day's got a thing. How about chili, chili, chili? I would be down for that. So they've announced that uh, Wendy's Chili, which by the way, if I have to have chili somewhere, fast food, that's where I'm going.
3: Y'all, it's delicious. And I didn't realize this. Uh, I was today years old when I realized this. It has been a menu item at Wendy's since Wendy's opened in 1969. It's a staple. And listen to this. It's so popular that they have 83 million servings served every year. 83 million people or 83 million bowls of chili eaten.
4: Is there even another fast food place that does chili? Skyline. I mean, like a drive-thru. I
3: don't know. Does Skyline have a drive through <laughs>
4: No, <laughs> but you're talking about like does Mc- I don't well. You said it you if you're gonna get the fast food. I think you said fast food. Yeah, well, Burger
3: do. King,
2: McDonald's. I don't think they. Do. I don't think anybody Maybe else cook even out? does. Chili? Does
3: Cookout have chili?
2: I'm saying it's so popular. Why wouldn't someone steal the idea and also do chili? Yeah, that's a good point. And you may be listening, saying, "Well, it's been around since 1969. So why are you talking about it today?" Yeah, What's why the deal? are you talking about
3: Wendy's chili?
2: For the first time, Wendy's is going to offer canned Wendy's chili at grocery stores.
3: Like you can walk down the bean aisle and see <laughs> Wendy's face. Ooh. And on a can, and the can is delightful. It's white with Wendy's right. face and a little red hair. <laughs> you,
2: you said bean and John said, ooh. ooh yeah. <laughs> I've been there before. <laughs> but He I, takes a lawn chair and just kind of stays
4: there makes a day out of it.
3: Just watches.
4: <laughs> the bean aisle.
2: But it makes me think of, first of all, I, I'd be up for that. If I'm going to buy a chili- in a can like that and not make it myself or my wife, like I make it myself, my wife make it. Uh, I, I'm going for the Wendy's. Yeah, I
3: would think. And I, I, Does it taste like the Wendy's well, chili? Because if it does.
2: That's the key, right? I mean, does it really taste like it tastes when you go get it at Wendy's? Yeah. And uh, it makes me think, uh, you know, things like this that have become so popular at restaurants, they've decided to sell it in stores. I could think of a few.
3: Well, they've done that with, like, the Chick-fil-A sauces. Uh,
2: Yep, that's exactly what I was going to say. They have
3: popped up. I'm going to tell you one. Oh, and Taco Bell sauces. I got Mm -hmm. one for you. Those are on the shelves now. I got one
4: for you. Oh, what? The Jim and Nick's cheese biscuits, the little pouch that you make at home. Have you ever had the the Jim and Nick's uh, cheese biscuits at their restaurant? No. Oh, they have the little um, pouches you just, you know, add whatever, water, oil, or whatever. And bake them in your own oven, just like the ones at the the (laughs) Jim and next. I'm going to
3: tell you what needs to be on the store shelves, and I want them to get on this. And it's not there from a fast food restaurant. McDonald's hot mustard. The hot mustard that you dip the chicken McNuggets in, that stuff is delicious. And I would dip everything in Better than
2: Zaxby's sauce?
3: Yes. Wow. In my opinion.
2: Better than Chick-fil-A sauce? Yep. Really? In my opinion. Just the hot mustard at
3: McDonald's? The hot mustard sauce at McDonald's. Are you, do y'all not eat the hot mustard sauce?
2: Mm-mm. I don't go to McDonald's. <laughs> y'all. If I, go okay. to, if I go to if I do the the chicken McNugget thing, I'm doing the sweet and sour or the barbecue. I don't think I've ever done the 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 mustard. Oh,
3: okay. <laughs> so you need to go to McDonald's. I haven't been in a while, but you need to go to McDonald's today after the show. Get some chicken McNuggets, get the hot mustard sauce and maybe get the barbecue or the sweet and sour and mix them. But hot mustard by itself, I will dip my french fries in that. I will dip a quarter pounder in that stuff. It is unbelievable. It's somebody somebody out there has to agree with me that the hot mustard is legit. It is like I don't know what it is because it's not like super spicy. it's just tangy and um, Yuck. yummy and uh, like, I actually I actually mm, want to mm, go mm, get mm, mm,
2: Wendy's chili after the show is what I want.
4: I
3: need well, some of
2: that right now. Yeah, you I, took us off topic. I thought we were doing chili.
3: Well, we were talking about things that from fast food restaurants well, you
2: want to see on a store shelf. Well, and and seven zero four five seven zero eleven ten. We can go down this road of things that may not be on store shelves yet you'd like to see on. Like McDonald's hot mustard. I have one. I have one that's not at a fast food joint. I have one that's actually from a well known restaurant around Charlotte. I'll tell you about it in a minute. But if you want to chime in on this too, seven zero four five seven zero eleven ten. Something tells me Mark Garrison might might have an answer to this, but that's just my own speculation.
0: Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you.
2: WBT, where business talks. Presented by Ram Pavement. We have some controversy in the studios and some claims being made about the, the, the hot mustard at McDonald's and Beth does not agree. I don't. Hold that thought. First, though, on the first day of March, let's see how the market closed on the last day of February.
8: Stocks losing steam in the final hour of trading and closing lower, with the major averages ending the month in the red. Stocks charged higher to kick off the new year, but the gains unraveled as hotter-than-expected economic data made investors reassess their expectations of the Fed's monetary policy. And Target said slower sales growth and rising operating costs hurt its profit in the most recent quarter. However, shares of Target rose nearly 2% as quarterly sales and earnings came in higher than analysts had forecast. The Dow winners Boeing, Home Depot and American Express. The Dow decliners Amgen, United Health Group and Goldman Sachs. The Dow falling 232 points, the Nasdaq down 11, S&P 500 down 12. Hilary Barsky, Fox News.
2: Pre-markets this morning, Dow futures up 77, S&P futures up 13, Nasdaq futures up 61. So I said there's some controversy. The story is is that Wendy's is going to start selling its famous chili in grocery stores. You can buy it in a can, or you will be able to at some point soon. And it's not the kind of thing that I, I haven't... I can't remember the last time I had Wendy's chili, but... It was good when I had it. I mean, it's always good. To me, if if you have to break it down, that's probably the most – that's one of the most dependable fast food go-tos of any place.
3: Yeah, and it's not terrible for you or anything like that. I used to love to go through Wendy's and get their plain baked potato and
2: Mm -hmm. then pour the chili into the Uh, baked potato. And, and. Sour
3: cream. Oh, oh! I didn't have the sour cream. Oh, you got the sour cream.
2: And see, we're tracking right with you on everything up until the point where you said the the greatest sauce out there, or one of the greatest out there, is the McDonald's hot mustard? Yes, the McDonald's hot mustard
3: for chicken McNuggets, if they sold this stuff in a can or a jar or a squirty tube, I yeah. would buy it. Now somebody <laughs> called Bernie. a
2: chili
4: came in a squirty tube.
2: <laughs> somebody called Bernie and said that uh, what, it's just the same stuff that's on the what's it called?
3: Goldens? It's the golden brown spicy mustard.
2: Same thing. Wow.
3: No, 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 wow. no. It's definitely not. I know mustard, and there have been times that I have gotten chicken McNuggets to go, and I get home, and dang it, if they didn't forget to put the hot mustard in there. So I try all the mustards that are on my condiment shelf, which I have a whole door of hot sauces. a carousel
2: mustards. of mustards.
3: So <laughs> I do have like seven mustards. Are on they night. organized? Yep, <laughs> alphabetically.
2: <laughs> and she knows if something's out of order. Yeah. Yep. Now, uh, actually, we have some some support here for Beth. Yes. Apparently, uh, Tommy is on. Uh, the WBT Hotline wants to weigh in on the uh, hot mustard sauce from McDonald's. Tommy, what's up?
4: Good morning, BT. Good morning. Uh, I just want to say Beth is
2: 100% correct. The McDonald's hot mustard sauce is by far the best fast food sauce. And I don't know if Yay, Tommy! I don't know if I've ever had it. <laughs> I really don't know if I've ever had it because they're missing out, aren't they, Tommy? I was talking to John Moore, and I, we always yeah. go barbecue or sweet and sour. I've just never gone the mustard yeah. route at McDonald's. Maybe I'm maybe I'm missing out. They are missing out.
4: They are. My wife turned me on to it. Twenty years ago, and I put it on everything I get at McDonald's. Years? Everything.
3: Yes, the same thing I do. I dip my fries in it, and it's amazing. <laughs>
4: did
9: you guys just become best friends? Yes,
3: Tommy and I are going <laughs> to McDonald's together Tommy. later. That anyone ever had.
9: <laughs> All right. <laughs> Twenty years ago, is that like on the secret menu? Because I've never seen that on the, on the menu. Oh,
3: I've been eating it since I was a kid, so it's been around wow. for. I mean, when did chicken McNuggets oh, start? I have been eating
2: it since birth. <laughs>
3: No, chicken McNuggets became a thing when we were like what five or six maybe, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and it was one of the first sauces they had hot mustard barbecue and like oh I think honey I think it was just like a plain little Mm -hmm. container of honey
2: I think they still do
3: oh and the hot mustard Tommy oh he just he just left us Tommy Tommy I love you I love your wife for turning you on to that it y'all. Today, I want all of you gentlemen in this room to go to McDonald's. I want you to get just even the little four-pack Happy Meal Chicken McNuggets. Just and go to the drive-thru
2: and ask for mustard only.
3: Hot <laughs> mustard, not honey mustard, not their honey mustard. I don't like their honey mustard. Hot wow. mustard. Very specific. It's okay. the hot mustard. So if they I, had it at this grocery store, I would own a lot
2: of it. I've got one for you. This, is, this would be my choice that you can't buy on the shelf. I actually uh, went... Let me roll back for a second. Uh, Harper's. People, everybody familiar with yep. Harper's? Yep. They have uh, the one over there across from South Park. Harper's Restaurant? restaurant. Yes. Yes, yes. Used to be I had one, to think about it. Used to be one on Woodlawn <clears throat> back in the day. Yes. And for a little while, they had one down at uh, Carolina Place. Yes. But right now, they still have the one over. It's in Sharon Corners. So Harper's, and, and they have a house salad that you can order. Yep, yep, yep. And there's yep. a vinaigrette dressing that they have. And they have different kinds of vinaigrette, so I don't know which. I just know that it's like a, a brownish, greenish, but it is it is the best dressing I've ever had anywhere, and for a short period of time they did they had this. Now the Verizon store is there, but it used to be uh, Harper's to Harper's to Go Go. Yes, Remember that Harper's place? to
3: Go Go. And
2: they had the salad bar, and I swear to you, I went in there and I ordered a I ordered a, a salad, and then I got like. Four canisters of the of the vinaigrette and put it in those and took them with me and I know they thought I was just like how did anybody eat that much vinaigrette dressing but when they had the go go place mm-hmm. to go go mm-hmm. I used to get it all the time and take it home and now I can't really do that anymore but the the house the uh, vinaigrette dressing that they put on the house salad at Harper's man if I could if I could have that stuff bottled at mm-hmm. my house every day no, I, no, need, I the eat I eat so much less
4: hot bacon dressing at Red Rocks on the spinach salad
3: you would bottle I would, that
4: I would I would own the the factory that makes it, which may be the Red Rocks factory. Would you dip other
3: things in this, like your Harpers to go go dressing <laughs> and your hot bacon dressing? Would you dip other things in it? No, would that's you, weird. Like, dip your bread in it. No,
2: you I, want mean, to I might just eat so. it by itself though. No.
3: Would you dip chicken McNuggets in it? No, no. Only It's only a salad dressing then mm-hmm. So you'd salad only eat it on salad. salad
4: Yeah, You know I'm a big mustard guy That was your gift to me last year on My birthday was mustard Yeah, so, so, so I sad. like honey mustards <laughs> and mustard So I have like you I have a whole shelf of mustard, of mustard. <laughs> At home so I'm good. not a male person But I do like all the different mustards Not all of them But most of them
3: You like Duke's mustard
4: which I still Yeah, have a little bit left. Duke's mayonnaise
2: mustard. Jim's gonna get a bag of McDonald's, you know, little little tiny square <laughs> mustard packets. I'm gonna give yes. you an
3: entire satchel.
2: Satchel
3: <laughs> A satchel full of McDonald's hot mustard little plastic. We've got
2: one out. up the road. And look at this. We have more people who are calling. Can we today? send Bernie? Defend Beth yeah. on this. Kirk. Kirk. Kirk's
3: on line one. Whoa. Kirk, are you love? are you in love with hot mustard too?
2: Kirk, I got about twenty seconds. What you got, Kirk? Oh,
7: uh, good morning, BT Squared. Yeah, I, I agree about the hot mustard. And It's been around a while because uh, I've even got it at McDonald's in France back in the '80s when I was in the Navy. But I wanted yep. to throw this one. It's not fast food, but the Olive Garden uh, salad dressing they sell in stores, and that stuff's the bomb.
3: Yeah, you're right about Olive Garden. Our Olive Garden salad dressing—it's mm-hmm. delightful. There's a lot
2: going on there. I got it at France in the '80s in the Navy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> Talk 1110 WBT. (laughs) Sorry, we just—you made the CD player skip.
3: Bo erupted into Animal from the Muppets for just briefly. Actually,
2: actually it's Alex Van Halen is who it is.
3: But you looked more like Animal.
2: Oh yeah, felt like Animal. Felt like Animal. (laughs) He
3: just started playing the drums. I gotta roll into my
2: my Van Hagar every once in a while. Uh, We have uh, Aaron Santos going to join us coming up at 7:20. Here on WBT, got the governor in the house a little bit later today. I want to ask Zoke about this because uh, this has been floating around about uh, Derek Carr, and uh, now it's official that the Panthers are one of the teams that are going to meet with them, you know, talk at the the Combine coming up. We've uh, heard so much about Aaron Rodgers and where he's going to land, and he's out of the the dark chamber or whatever the heck that thing was. (laughs) What uh, was that, the cave? It was
3: the the dark cave. I forgot the name of it. It was like heart cave or love cave or probably
2: love oh, cave. Wait, wait, it's not a love cave. It's a weird place to go by yourself. <laughs> I, can, I can assure you that the only person in the country who called it a love cave was Matt. <laughs> <was bad. laughs> It was in the dark room or whatever. Oh, okay. Aaron
4: Rodgers loves him some Aaron Rodgers.
3: <laughs> That's right. I took myself to the love cave.
2: <laughs> love cave, baby. Oh, man. <laughs> Ten roof. Right. So what about that Derek Carr, Jimbo? Yeah, anyways.
4: Uh, wow. That, mm-hmm. uh, Derek Carr not uh, in the cave, but apparently at the combine <laughs> in Indianapolis in the sunshine. And, uh number of teams will meet with the Saints already had previously and some other teams as well. I mean, he is the, the, the biggest, you know, true free agent that is known uh, as far as uh, a player that is viable as an immediate plug-and-play starter. Uh, the questions are, you know, what would it cost? He, he's 30, 31, so, I mean, he's got, you know, nine years in the league, so he's not a new player, but it's not cheap. Um, and he's been good, but not great in his career. Last year was not good, but he was very good the year before. Um, so I think for the Panthers, it makes sense to at least do their due diligence, interview him, and see if nothing else drive the <laughs> drive the price up for whoever else is going to get him. Like say if it is the Saints, you know, act like you're interested and uh, do the you know make them trade like you're know, not trade, but you know, give me more money like forty million instead of thirty million per year.
2: I was riding in this morning and I heard uh, I heard them talking on sports radio about. Uh, Aaron Rodgers. Sounds like uh, Green Bay is not uh, saying things that would make you think that they're welcoming him back, or sounds like they're actually moving on from him if you listen to the chatter. Nothing official, but if that's the case, then where does Aaron Rodgers land if he's going to play football again? And the the team that I keep coming back to or hearing people come back to is the New York Jets. Mm -hmm. Uh, And and wherever uh, Rodgers falls, that's a domino effect that will affect where Derek Carr falls, and, uh, and and you know what else I haven't mentioned to you or a- asked about because there was a, a flurry of of. of Panthers coaching news over the last couple of weeks. So every day it was something different. We talked about Dom Capers a little bit on the day that he uh, uh, had his press conference and came back, and you have you have Dom Capers way at one end of the spectrum, and then you know Josh McCown is Mm -hmm. is with this team, Uh, a younger guy. We were talking about Myers Park High School earlier. He coached at Myers Park for a little while, Mm -hmm. uh, and his son played there. But the idea that this this coaching staff, and you're starting to hear rumblings around the league about uh, how diverse and uh, varied it is. I mean, it really is. I mean, you know, the, the coach, the, there's that old phrase, the coaches coach and the players play. I know that. But if you look at this uh, this Frank Reich uh, administration here, uh, wow. Uh, you can go uh, just about anywhere you want to go when it comes to experience and the youth at the same time.
4: And, you know, to uh, back to your Josh McCown point, he played, what, 17 years in the league on mm-hmm. top of you know his, his history around. And he actually had a head coaching interview with the Houston Texans. They liked him so much uh, a year or two ago. Um, As Frank Reich played 14 years quarterback in the NFL beyond his coaching experience. And he said, you know, how Josh has played in different systems that Frank's never played in. So, I mean, you know, sometimes a coach only knows what he knows. You know, sometimes you say, you know, they only coach this system and the players have to fit that. In this coaching staff, you know, one of the things because they're so varied is, you know, tailoring it to whatever players they end up with, and that's still to be determined with the draft and free agency and all that. They don't have their starting quarterback right now, so to me, I think that's that's brilliant—is to bring in different voices from different angles. We've seen different things instead of everybody coming from the same place. Like sometimes you see a coach come in, they bring all their assistants with them.
3: Well, it's a sign of good leadership because mm-hmm. you know where your weaknesses are, and you hire people who are going to make up for the things that mm-hmm. you don't or that you're not as good at, mm-hmm. that you're not, that's a good leader. You're not intimidated by people who know something that you don't right, know.
4: Right, right, right. And you know, Josh McCown, I mean, many of you him as a future head coach in this league. As I said, he's already had one interview uh, for that. So he's a, that's just your quarterback's coach. He's not even the offensive coordinator. So his future probably is next to be an offensive coordinator somewhere and then become a head coach at some point the way he's tracking right now. But that's uh, just, again, one example of one of the younger guys in addition to all the Senior guys, You mentioned Dom Capers, Jim Caldwell, who's been a head coach twice in this league, head coach at Wake Forest. Uh, so it, it really is a staff with a lot of experience, but also uh, some younger guys uh, like Thomas Brown on the defensive side who can come in and is also viewed as a potential head coaching candidate.
2: Well, and Deuce Daly, uh, he was talking last week about how uh, Frank Reich is mm-hmm. uh, more reserved and Daly is like a hammer, right? And uh, Deuce Daly, and uh, I was thinking about this, and I, I, I don't know the answer. That's why I have you. Does every NFL team have an assistant head coach, or is that sort of one of those positions where uh, it depends on the team? Because um, I can't tell you who the assistant head coaches of the Panthers have been through the years, but and I can't tell you who they are on other teams, but I know that that that's sometimes uh, that sometimes there and sometimes it doesn't get talked about. I can't say all 32, but I say it's it's a lot more common than not. And what that
4: normally is, like in the case of Deuce Daly, is like a running backs coach yeah. slash uh, assistant head coach because the coordinators are up there coordinating. And back in the day, Jim Skipper, right. who was the running backs coach here for a long time, was that assistant head coach, and they helped them on the sideline in terms of clock management, when to call timeouts and things like that. So they do a lot of things that, you know, help the head coach out in
2: addition to being a positions coach during the week. And it sounds to me, in, in, in Deuce Staley's case, uh, sort of like uh, that, um, you know, you ha- he has his, his regular job, but he's also to, there to be uh, one of those inspiring guys. <laughs> said in his press conference when we were there last week,
4: he goes, I'm even-keeled. He said, Deuce Staley does not have an even-keeled bone in his yeah, body. That's the phrase. He doesn't know to even-keeled at all. So he is the hammer, as he said. And and someone asked you, Staley, at his press conference, say, "What is? are you that guy? Are you going to be that guy? He goes, well, I hope we have two or three of those guys. <laughs> <laughs> not just one guy who's got to be like the, the crazy guy. <laughs> <laughs>
2: you got to have the fire and ice.
3: Yeah. Yes. You know? Um, just to bring the segment full circle, guys, not the love cave. It was called Sky Cave. Aaron Rodgers went into the Sky Cave. With hot mustard. Which also makes no sense. Did
4: he have hot mustard?
3: I don't know. If, I, if I'd go to a Sky Cave sky and was cave. hot mustard. Yeah. How do you have a cave in the sky? Yeah. Those two things don't go together. Sky Cave.
2: I'm still hung up on love cake. <laughs> <laughs> so wait a minute here. Not, my mind is blown by what I just saw. So we're about to bring uh, Aaron Santos on here from the uh, Isabella Santos Foundation. And Beth, she says, I took notes the other day when we, we had lunch. Uh, she and Aaron had lunch because uh, Beth is getting set to MC uh, part of this event coming up. And she says, I, I, I took notes starting on the far <laughs> right. right-hand column <laughs> And then worked your way left. And she said that uh, she thought that was weird. Well, okay, Erin, uh, good morning. Welcome. I'm with you. That's the weirdest thing I've ever seen.
10: I learned a lot about her that day. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, well, look, uh, let me get the, uh, the official greeting here. Uh, from the Isabella Santos Foundation, uh, it is uh, Aaron Santos, who was with us uh, last week in studio, and now we're one week out from a very, very important day, Beth Troutman.
3: Yes, there is a huge event coming up next week. It's a three-day event. It's uh, called A Morning in Paris. It's March 7th, 8th, and 9th. I will be emceeing the event on the 8th, but Aaron is joining us to let our listeners know how they can be involved, how they can donate to the Isabella Santos Foundation, and how how they can get tickets. Today is the last day. I think the cutoff is at noon. Let's actually let our uh, listeners know if this is the first time that they've heard from you or the first time that they've heard about the Isabella Santos Foundation. Tell them a little bit about the incredible work you're doing that has changed, changed Levine Children's Hospital.
10: Oh, that's that's very sweet. Um, yes, yeah, so my daughter Isabella was diagnosed with a rare form of pediatric cancer called neuroblastoma back in 2007. Um, Ultimately, she lost her battle when she was seven years old back in 2012, but the foundation was created while she was alive, kind of on the shoulders of what she believed in, which was to beat cancer, um, grow her hair, and live her dreams. So that's kind of our mission today, and now we're raising $2.5 million a year. Uh, We are in a commitment with Levine's to build the first rare and solid tumor program in the country that's now here in Charlotte. Uh, we're building new treatment rooms that have never been built here. We're funding trials. We're helping families. All of this stuff is going on, and it's just happening in everybody's backyard in Charlotte just with five women that are sitting around a dining room table trying to make a difference.
3: Yeah, let's talk about that. It, it, it really is a passion project, and you just said it. It's you. It's five, it's five women who have come together to say, hey, we really need to make Charlotte a place where children can be well taken care of and now people from all over the world are coming here for treatment because of the work that you and these women have done, because of the dedication, because of the commitment. And there are even doctors, one of whom will be at the event on Wednesday, March the 8th, Um, Dr. Russell, who was at a completely different hospital, and because of the Isabella Santos Foundation, has come here to treat patients in Charlotte at Levine Children's.
7: Yeah,
10: and we love that. We have we have brought world-renowned doctors to Charlotte, um, and because of that, people are following them. Um, we've got people, you know, it used to be around 30 kids a year, and now we have over 150, close to 200 by the end of the year, coming from all over the country that are coming here because they've heard about what we're doing, kids from 24 different countries. And the best thing about it is for our local Charlotte kids, back when Isabella was diagnosed, we had to go to New York City to have a chance of survival, and now – Uh, thanks to the Isabella Santos Foundation, those in our community do not have to leave. They can stay here. You know, They can get treatment close to home with their families. When they have good days, the kids can go to school. They can still feel like themselves, Um, and that was just so important to us, and that's why we're trying to do it here in Charlotte for the community.
3: Well, and you just said it about the survival rates. When your daughter was diagnosed, I know that the survival rate was around 40%, and because, again, of the passionate commitment that you and the community has made to especially living children's, Survival rate is different for patients diagnosed today.
10: It is. I'm a firm believer that if Isabella would be diagnosed today, she would stay here in Charlotte and she would have survived. Um, The survivor rates for neuroblastoma specifically are are inching towards 60 and 70, depending on your cancer. Um, But we also have picked up 16 other rare cancers. So really anything outside of leukemia or or lymphoma is what ISF takes on because we just really believe that making survivor rates better for all of those rare cancers because they just don't get the funding. A lot of times the survivor rates are so low that sometimes you get diagnosed and a child passes away so quick and then... You're, you know, no one's looking out to make that cancer better. So we're taking on all of those cancers um, here at ISF.
3: And what you're doing is nothing short of remarkable. So let's let's get our listening audience engaged, not just in these events coming up next week, but engaged in the Isabella Santos Foundation to really make a difference in all of the lives of these families, of these children. Let's talk about how people can get tickets, because I know today is the cutoff for one of the events next week. And tell us a little bit about a morning in Paris.
10: Yes. So, Morning in Paris, we're going to have um, the 7th, 8th, and 9th. You can pick a day that works best for you. You check in around 9. uh, The program goes to around 11.30. And we just kind of want you to come and have fun. We know that pediatric cancer is not... You know, it's sometimes not the best topic, but we're aware of that. Um, So we try to make the day a little bit more fun. So we invite you to bring your friends out. We've got mimosas and a French breakfast. We've got fashion raffles, flower raffles, all this stuff, all these great sponsors to come out for a day and kind of have a a wonderful day with your friends. Um, But what we're also gonna be doing is introducing you to a local family here in Charlotte that actually has two cancer diagnoses um, within their family, two of their girls, they have six children. Um, and two of them are currently fighting cancer. And ISF decided to take them out for a day and kind of help them forget about cancer for a minute. And we're gonna kind of tell you the story about some of those things that ISF does uh, kind of behind the scenes that you may not know about. So of course our major mission, 90% of what we raise goes to fighting cancer and bringing the best treatments and doctors. But we also believe that you know cancer affects an entire family and sometimes you just wanna forget about cancer for a day. So we're gonna kind of make the day a little bit more lively and not make everybody cry too much um but to kind of introduce you to a local family and how you can help be a part of making days like that for other families in the community.
3: And I know that March 9th is a is a special day. It's one of the days of the morning in Paris breakfast would also would have been Isabella's 18th birthday. Um so it's a huge deal in I know my heart that that you are are giving back to the community in such a beautiful way, having lost your daughter. And being able to be there on that day, I know that's got to be incredibly difficult, and it's remarkable. It shows remarkable strength and just, again, I'm going to say the word commitment, but also love, love for all of these children, all of these young people all over the world who are coming here and whose lives are being changed because of the work you are doing along with all of the people who are dedicated to the Isabella Santos Foundation.
10: Yeah, I think sometimes when you have a a, a death, those birthdays are such tough reminders, and I've kind of felt like the only way for me to get through it is to do something instead of what I want to do, which is just be in my bed and not talk to anybody that day. Um, But sometimes it's better to get through it if you know that you're you're paying it forward. So I was thinking about it last night and thinking, oh my gosh, if she were here, we would be getting college applications um, back in and figuring out where she goes to college, and that's just It really just kind of rocks you to the core, but I have to kind of just stop thinking about that for a second and think that what we're going to do over those three days will hopefully help another parent be able to have that day that I um, was robbed of.
2: And like you said uh, when you were in here last week, uh, you know, a lot of people have heard about uh, ISF, but this is a great uh, event to get to know it. Uh, If you've wondered about it and want to get involved and see what happens, uh, it's uh, obviously a a heavy-hearted event in one direction, but also a lot of fun in the other, and that's sort of the... The, the balance you're trying to, uh, to establish here and always have and we uh, are behind you and Beth will be there next week and uh, we'll c- continue to get the word out here over WBT so thanks thanks for joining us again
10: Yes, be so, um, thanks for having me on and definitely if anyone can go to the Um you can click events you can get your tickets and if you can't make the event go out and just make a donation in honor of Isabella's 18th birthday or the, or the work that we're doing um, or in honor of Beth so that would be great too Aww.
3: Well, thank you so much, Erin. And I I so enjoyed all of the time that I got to spend with you, and thanks for putting up with my odd note-taking.
10: <laughs> I'm sure it's all going to make sense on the 8th. <laughs> I can't
2: wait to hear it. <laughs> <laughs> all right, we're all going to find out together. <laughs> Just kidding. WBT. News Talk 1110 WBT. So the Charlotte Hornets taking on the Phoenix Suns tonight at Spectrum Center. And normally... Heading into this game, I know they've won five in a row, but uh, a bit of a letdown because, I don't know, you lost your franchise player in the previous game, although the Hornets haven't officially confirmed it. It's been reported by places like The Athletic and uh, NBA Insiders that uh, LaMelo Ball's done for the season. If Sham uh, says it, it's over. Sham Sh- Sh- said it. That's no sham. It's I'm telling
3: you, I said this yesterday. Somebody needs to design better shoes for these guys.
2: Well, I mean, uh, Chuck maybe, Taylors. Yeah, go back to wearing Chucks. Maybe that's what we need—the ultimate support. Those figure. guys always played back in the day; they yeah. never got hurt. And ever. they wore those right.
3: teeny-tiny little short shorts too.
2: I don't think ACL was even a word back then. None of this load management stuff, you know? Yeah. Uh, but load management. so that's a thing. That's what they call it—load management. When, when you know when did players just go, John Moore and us. I actually did. I actually did. We have John Moore and Jane Moore. <laughs> uh, think Bernie's out of the room a little. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah
2: but we so it is it is going to be an interesting night uh, the entire nba is going to be watching charlotte tonight and that doesn't happen very often with the team being the way that it is this season especially with lamelo out but They're playing the Phoenix Suns, and tonight just so happens to be the night that Kevin Durant is going to make his return, not just from injury, but this will be his debut as a Phoenix Sun, since Mm -hmm. that big blockbuster trade that rocked the whole uh, NBA landscape a few weeks ago. Tonight is the night that he's going to come back. Uh, He's going to be on limited minutes, but it's the first time anybody's going to see Kevin Durant as a Phoenix Sun.
4: Yeah, he hasn't played in two months with a sprained knee, but uh, his first game as a Sun, as he said. and. Uh, they're, uh, they're 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 a, a decent team, but uh, many feel like they have a chance in the West because the West is wide open conference-wise to maybe uh, be the pathway to the finals, perhaps even from there. But as you said, no Lamelo for the folks here. I mean, that's so much of the energy and the excitement that is Charlotte Hornets basketball when they're playing well, which is now having won five games in a row uh, to lose him. I mean, even in that game, he had 18 points in the third quarter. <laughs> he was playing great, yeah. uh, so it's it's disappointing from that standpoint, but. You know, it's kind of where we are this year, as uh, Steve Clifford said the other night. It's like one of those seasons where they just uh, can't seem to get healthy and, and get a rhythm going to this season.
2: So, Durant was at the shoot around yesterday in Charlotte. He's been in Charlotte for a couple of days uh, getting set for this game, and this is what he said about the return that is just hours away now.
5: Feel great. I've been uh, looking forward to uh, getting this opportunity to play again. It's been a long time. I was having fun out there before I got injured, so, looking forward to going out there and picking up. Where I left off, as far as just having fun and just getting lost in the game, I'm looking forward to doing that again. The guys, been great at integrating me in all the sets and having a long practice so we can figure some stuff out. So it's been fun. I'm looking forward to try to, you know, get some uh, some, um, you know, translate that over to the floor and. Um, See how we can keep building.
2: So, if nothing else, if you're a Hornet not named Lamelo Ball, an opportunity tonight where the eyes of the league will be on Charlotte, and uh, you can play spoiler as as Kevin Durant makes his franchise debut as as a Phoenix Sun. Hey, if you're a Hornets fan, rare Gordon Hayward window of basketball going on right now. So enjoy (laughs) it, enjoy it while it
4: lasts.
2: (laughs) And and if they win tonight, it'll be six in a row, right? Yes, uh,
4: absolutely. Again, Phoenix. Again, a lot of times, you know, you bring in as as good as he is, and he's he's a great player, one of the best in the league. When you bring in a player like that, that's going to be a big focal point of everything they do, but you have to integrate that in. This will be their first game in doing so. So while they've been practicing uh, with Booker and some of the other players they have that are good, I mean, they have to integrate him in. And, uh, and as Bo said, I think, earlier, I mean, it'll be a, 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 you know, a certain number of minutes. he play. I haven't heard what number it's going to be, uh, but his first game back, then I not going to put him out there for 35 minutes.
3: Is there something kind of poetic about the fact that this is his first game back and it's here? Does he have a home court advantage because he knows the floor? He gets this stadium, Kevin? Yeah.
2: No, <laughs> not really. No, no. He was in Brooklyn. He played here. At Golden State. And... He, he played here uh, as a net uh, several times. Oh, time. he did play for the Hornets. No. <laughs> oh, <don't> <laughs>
3: <laughs> for the Hornets.
2: I was trying to work with you, but I didn't know what to do with it. <laughs> I didn't know quite where that was going either.
4: <laughs> He's played on basketball well, floors before. You're right. He has played on basketball <laughs> floors before. But
3: wait, so it's not poetic at all. So now I'm really confused about why he was at a Myers Park game. Because he's in town, he had time to
2: kill. He's in town to play the Hornets tonight. So and they, he, so
3: he just thought he'd go to a Myers Park well, basketball game. They
2: were here yesterday, I guess. The, the, I
3: thought he used to live
2: here. No. no. <laughs>
3: <laughs> well, that just all happened. That would on have been a really live great live on the so, radio, great angle.
2: So let me break it down for you. Okay. So, so they got they arrived here yesterday, hence the the shoot around that he was at where he talked. They were mm-hmm. practicing at the Spectrum Center. <laughs> so they've been here for a couple of days. So last night he had no game last night. So, so he
3: just went to a high school basketball. Basketball game? He
2: went to the high school uh, playoff game where Myers Park won last night. It was the uh, state four a semifinal regional. <laughs> and Bo told you earlier, George Lynch's son plays. Yeah. yeah. Santana. So, but,
3: th- why, but still, like, why does he go to that?
2: Well, because Myers Park's a really good team.
3: Well, yeah, but that seems like I don't really want to go sit in some high school bleachers if I didn't used to play well, for that. I thought, I thought his kids went to Myers Park or something, so, and this was like this cool homecoming for Kevin Durant. Little so, did I know, none so of that
2: is true. George Lynch, his son, plays for Myers Park, so he goes to all the games. Larry Brown, NBA <laughs> Hall of Fame coach, he also comes to the games. And so last night, uh, I, I my Kevin daughter, just went to say hey. This video started circulating of, of, of Kevin Durant entering the gym there, mm-hmm. and he's sitting up there besides beside George Lynch and uh, and Larry Brown. So I guess. They invited him. I don't know, but at any rate, uh, Kevin Durant was at a Myers Park basketball game last night. And by the way, Mustangs won 117 to uh, 106. So now they move wow, on guys. and they play. Uh, they're in the final four for the state 4A God. this weekend. But I played
4: hey, high school basketball with like, our games are like in the 40s or 50s. I know. <laughs> 117.
3: <laughs> I'm really sad that all of that just happened live on the air and not like. When oh, it was you know what? I was looking at the, the wrong bathroom. sheet.
2: It wasn't. It was. I'm it sorry. It was like 74. It was 76 to 44. i was gonna say 117. That's amazing. I, I, I was looking. <laughs> I was looking at the. Uh, I think I was looking at the Hornets score from the other night. Uh, the, the, but but they did steamroll them last they night. They did win. Yes, they beat Charlotte Catholic 76 to 44. Now so. that's mm. load management there. Yeah. Mm. Was Deems May there? That's a. I, I hi, highly highly possible. I wasn't there, so I don't know. But why was Bo not there? All of all nights not to go because yeah. I couldn't because I couldn't get a ticket. That's why. Oh, wow! I uh, steamrolled
3: that segment, guys. Sorry. <laughs>
2: 76 to 44 so what was the t- final score. <laughs> um, you are load management so for it. <laughs> <laughs> I need segment. someone to
3: manage the load of what I don't know.
2: News Talk 1110, 99.3 WBT, worldwide on the WBT mobile app. It's Good Morning BT with Bo and Beth. And now we cross the streams with the one and only... Brett Winterble, good morning to you.
11: Good morning. It's good to be with
2: you. Did you watch uh, this uh, this somewhat? Uh, I mean, it's almost prime time uh, hearing last night. This bipartisan House Select Committee uh, holding a hearing on uh, China and U.S. relations.
11: Yes, it was. Uh, it was absolutely fascinating to watch this. It kicked off about seven o'clock on, uh, I think it was C-SPAN two. Um, the select committee on the strategic competition between the United States and the Chinese communist party. Uh, First of all, let me say something for anybody who says uh, these, these people can't work together across the aisle at all. This was a model uh, committee. There was no nonsense except for the, the two idiots from code pink who tried to disrupt it and, you know, yell and scream and all that sort of stuff. Um, But the, the cooperation The people who are on this committee are serious congressmen and women from the Democratic Party, from the Republican Party, and um, I thought they laid a great foundation out. And I have to tell you something. um, Watch Michael Gallagher, who is the uh, chair of this committee. Um, he he is going to be a rising star for for years to come. I, I think he, he he had it pitch perfect last night.
2: Well, you know the 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 word bipartisan gets thrown around a lot, uh, especially uh, it's especially useful for candidates who are trying to say I'm going to reach across the aisle. I'm going to do this and that when I get to Washington. But bipartisan last night, that word uh, was was spot on, uh, and that's what I as I watched this, um, I, I thought to myself, uh, we don't see we don't yep. see cooperation uh, and. And a, a a unified message on both sides of the aisle like this very often, and uh, this this. This situation, this point in time as it relates to China for several different reasons. I mean, pick any one of them, the balloon or or what's going on now with COVID-19. This this is the first thing in a long time that has unified voices at a time when most people would say we're as divided as we've ever been.
11: And it does because they're hitting every part of this. Right. They're talking about trade. They're talking about intellectual property that's been stolen. They're talking about TikTok, uh, land purchases, Taiwan. I mean, this is this is a whole approach and um, and it, what's depressing to me today is I, I jump through all the channels in the morning. I'm listening to you guys, and I'm jumping through stuff on TV. No, almost no mention on MSNBC. Almost no mention on CNN. I, I don't know if Fox really talked about it or not. Um, I, I, th- that, that's disappointing because this really is the challenge of our time. Um, and, and, and China is coming uh, hard and fast, and we've got to be ready uh, for, for what's coming. So. Uh, uh, kudos to the people who were who were sitting there, and the people who testified were very serious people. Um, uh, Pottinger, it was was unbelievable. He was a, an advisor for for Trump. He's a former Marine. He understands China well. They were playing videos of speeches that Xi Jinping w- was giving uh, in Chinese, and translating and showing the world that th- these folks are deceiving. The vast majority of the world, in terms of believing, oh, it's just a, it's just a, an economic fight. It's nothing, nothing more than that. I was, I was stunned.
3: Well, it, it's very difficult to, especially now that the Chinese balloon thing happened. They're like, yeah. oh, it's just a weather balloon. Then, of course, we, we found out that that wasn't true. And all of this, these hearings are happening. Yesterday, a story also came out that. Um, the Biden administration approved more than twenty three billion dollars worth of licenses for companies to ship U.S. goods and technology yeah. to some blacklisted Chinese companies. And this was back in the first quarter of twenty twenty two. So these conversations are important and need to be happening on Capitol Hill because. We're sharing information and sharing mm-hmm. our knowledge base in a way that is not right. um, being utilized by uh, rational actors, if you would, if That's you will. True.
11: It's true. It's true. And, and the fact is, they want to take all the ability to manufacture all their stuff based on our stuff. There was there was a, a moment in time last night where they showed a Chinese ship that is a straight ripoff, a complete and total straight ripoff of, of one of our literal ships wow. that, that we use uh, in, in the Navy. And the, the same company is still in business with the United States to p- produce more stuff they're just they're stealing all of our intellectual property it's 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 incredible it's going to cost lives gordon chang appears on your show uh, quite yes.
2: often he was on fox last night we are beyond the point where we have risk free
4: options everything that we do going forward will be dangerous what we need to get china's attention is to impose costs for unacceptable behavior china has been taught by a series of american presidents to ignore our warnings
11: we issue warnings we don't follow up.
2: So there we are. Like I said, a very important point in time right now.
11: Yeah, big time. And and look... The, the people who are super aggressive about Vladimir Putin should be super aggressive uh, about China as well. And for some reason, um, when, when it comes to China, uh, people want to tr- try to say that this is a race play or th- this is racism or any of that sort of stuff. This is not. This is about securing this country. I, I talked to people on the West Coast when I was when I was living out there whose parents told them as they watched the scrap metal heading out to Japan in the run up to World War uh, Two, that stuff is going to come back. And it came back as bullets killing America and GIs uh, fighting over there in the Pacific Theater. So we've got to be serious.
2: Brett Winterbill's show today starts at 3. I have no doubt this will be a part of the discussion. Uh, What else is on tap?
11: Uh, We'll look at this. Uh, We're also going to look at this uh, student loan forgiveness stuff uh, and everything else that's moving between now and then. All
2: right, man. We'll talk to you this afternoon. You guys are fantastic. It is uh, the Brett Winterbull Show, and we cross the streams every single day here on WBT. In fact, we do it twice uh, and uh, in the mornings at uh, 7.50 and then, of course, uh, in the afternoons at 5 minutes past 5 o'clock. And remember, Crossing the Streams brought to you by Window Nation. Upgrade your windows today at windownation.com. <laughs> Five minutes past 8 o'clock here on News Talk 1110. WBT, Bo and Beth and the Zoke and John Moore and Bernie later this hour. Matt Harris from the Matt and Ramona show down the hall and the uh, host of Impact of Influence, the uh, Murdoch trial podcast that he's been doing with Seton Tucker uh, since... Day 1 of yeah. this whole saga and he's been spending a lot of time in Walterboro uh was there for several days of court proceedings last week. Today's going to be an interesting day because this is going to be in just a few hours when the jury will visit the site of the murders uh we've been hearing about that in the last couple of days uh being something that the judge is going to allow now we know it's going to happen later this morning and then uh, they'll be back in court this afternoon if uh, everything goes according to uh, what the plan says mm,
3: i can't wait to get his uh his perspective on what happened in that courtroom yesterday because there were a, it's a quite fascinating testimony
2: uh so what is in the envelope
3: i i um i i i received mail from uh from, a listener. From a listener. A listener. Yes, I did. I received mail from a listener along with a, um. what are those things called where a daily like... Affirmation? Affirmation. <laughs> I got a daily affirmation. Thought for the day? I got a thought for the day. Perfect love casts out fear.
2: You uh, you get you get different mail than the rest of us. I you do. You get long, like handwritten... Uh, I got mail today. Oh, what, you no, did? Oh, you got mail from today? From someone we all know.
4: Oh. See if you can guess who it is. Chuck okay. Boozer. Dear <laughs> <laughs> Chuck, Chuckle Chuck just checks right in the middle of the show. Dear Mr. Zoki, thank you for buying Girl Scout cookies <gasps> oh. from me. By doing this, you're helping me and my troop raise enough money to go to the Grand Canyon. Hope you and your family are happy and healthy, Hayden.
3: Hayden, and her, her dad were here. They they came in. They visited us here at the studio, and uh, we all bought uh,
2: Girl Scout cookies. Mm-hmm. I thought I still have some Thin Mints over here. Uh, I would oh, like look at you hoarding cookies over there. Thin Mints. I forgot. <laughs> see, I have this little corner over here that I stash things, and next I forgot. Year, next year, your vanilla syrup. Yeah. Anybody want some Thin Mints?
3: I only From eat Thin around? Mints out of the freezer. Thin Mints are designed, in my opinion, to be in the freezer.
2: I don't disagree that they're best out of the freezer. are you saying that we need to put this in the freezer you, downstairs yeah, before we need partake? To, yep. All right, well, you need to get put those in This downstairs. time tomorrow, Thin Mints, everybody. They'll be frozen. Thank you, Hayden. <laughs> so Beth got mail. Jim got mail. Mm-hmm. I did not get mail.
3: <laughs> my, my, my mail, people do love to write me very, very long, very detailed letters. And I appreciate that. That takes effort. It takes a lot of effort, and it takes a lot of time.
2: You know, uh, I haven't gotten mail in a while, but I I did. One of the first pieces of mail that I got when I first started doing this job was about six months in. And uh, I still have it. It's somewhere in one of my drawers at home, but it was a typed letter from Robert D. Rayford. (gasps) And uh, it's one of those things where I know Larson used to get notes from Rayford all the time and Rayford would be on the show. And I got to know Rayford. um, I actually met Rayford working on the 80th anniversary back in 2002 because he came. That was sort of the first time he'd come back here in many, many years. And and Rayford was on with uh, John Boy and Billy on on the Fox for all those years. But Rayford worked here uh, back in the day. So he had a special affinity for this radio station. But Rayford... Uh, it, it, when Rayford was alive in his later years, if you got a, a a letter from Rayford, it was to the point, and it would tell you what you were doing wrong. Oh yeah. But hopefully, you would be doing something right too. And there were so. You, you basically you take the criticism, but hope there's a few little nuggets in there where you can say, okay, he thinks I'm at least <clears throat> on my way. On my way somewhere. And it's and, intimidating. And, and I and I wish I had it in front of me right now. Maybe I'll go look for it tonight. But uh, I I got a typed. Not, not a word processed, but a typed letter that he, uh, I'm sure, had at his desk. And so when I got that, I sort of thought, okay, well... I'm on my way. I'm on my way. I'm, I'm not there, because you could read this note, but uh, at, least he's, at least he's listening. And yeah. he would call the... Back when we had Charles Jenkins in here uh, screening calls, he would, he would call in every once in a while. And Doug Mays did the same thing. And I always thought to myself, well, that doesn't mean that Doug Mays or, or Robert Rayford is necessarily endorsing everything that I do. But if they're listening, then at least... They're, li- they're interested enough to listen. To
3: listen. Yeah, it's a compliment. That's a you, huge compliment. You
2: can be good, you can be bad, but what you don't want to be is indifferent mm. in this business. I have a tangent story to that. Okay. And you'll appreciate
4: this because it's Mick Mixon. And so on these Panther road trips, we get into whatever town we're on the road to, like on Saturday afternoon for a Sunday game, like three, four o'clock, check into the hotel. And you know, the hotels, a lot of times, will have a magazine about that town. Oh, yeah. We're in Pittsburgh. It's like Pittsburgh whatever yeah. from the Hilton whatever. Pittsburgh Mick life. reads the article. <laughs> he tells us this over dinner. He reads he, This all happens. He tells us this at dinner. He reads the article. He despises when people make themselves the stories, the author of the story instead of the story being the story. Sure. So he finds the phone number, I guess, as accompanying the author of this article's uh, story in there. He calls. It's some millennial girl. And he proceeds to tell her and inform her that that's not how you should write a story. It shouldn't be about you. It should be about, you know, whatever you're writing about. And I said, how was that received? He goes, not very well at all.
3: No.
4: <laughs> <laughs> I bet mean, he actually reads the Pittsburgh whatever magazine the hotel, calls the author to tell them how they did it wrong, and then they didn't receive the information well.
3: But I bet you every time she writes an article, she thinks about that phone that call. That crazy guy. It, I bet you it has changed her style of writing. It'd be interesting to figure out who that person was. We need to ask Mick who it was mm-hmm. and then read more of her articles. But see, that's what.
4: Social media has done, though. It's changed how things are written now because now it's about taking the selfie of yourself at the event as opposed to the event itself. Well, it's like, here I am in front of Kevin Durant at the Myers Park. So game adding yourself into it yes. has, has so become the thing. I'm, so I'm not saying that it's wrong. It's just, it's, it's become how it's done now, is that, not in every case, of course.
3: That's why getting long mail is such a great thing because somebody has mm-hmm. taken the time to take themselves out of whatever situation they're in and send you.
4: And, and we sent Hayden to the Grand Canyon.
3: Encouraging messages. With our cookie purchases. I also got a sweatshirt in the mail, too, from the Dream on 3 organization. I emceed I their gala back on uh, January 28th, which is an incredible, incredible organization that um, helps make dreams come true for kids oh, with nice. uh, um, tr- difficult
2: diagnoses.
3: So I, I got all kinds of fun stuff today. What'd you get,
2: Bo? I got, I got Thin Mints that Hayden <laughs> sent me uh, about a week and a half, two weeks ago. So... <laughs> Uh, I just remembered I didn't eat them, so bonus. Great day for me. That's like found money. It's like on NBC used to say if you haven't seen it, it's new to you.
3: Isn't it so funny that we had this whole entire segment planned for this uh, this moment, and instead we talked about you've got mail.
2: What well, was the segment going to be? It's really Mark Mark Garrison's fault because he said uh, I want to know what it is. What's what's in the what's in the box, Beth? It's in the box. And then you have to pay off on that. So. Yeah,
3: it's a lot of. Uh, it's a very long letter that I haven't had a chance to read yet.
4: Don't blame me for this high-quality broadcast. <laughs> king.
3: Wow! <laughs> wow! <laughs> wow. <laughs> Jeff, I feel like Jeff Atkinson's
4: gonna... always so pleasant when he's here.
3: <laughs> I feel like we're gonna get a letter from Mark Garrison later today that tells us all the things we're doing oh. wrong.
2: <laughs> With little kind of letters. No, in that the would that
6: would come from Jensen.
2: Oh! oh wow! <laughs> yes. Jensen. I'm not going to say what I'm thinking. Uh, 813 on W. W is not that bad.
0: Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies jamming out to something new and everything in between.
2: WPT. Plowing ahead into March of 2023. Bell and Beth here on Wednesday, March 1st. Bring on our cybersecurity expert, Teresa Payton, the founder of fortalist Solutions. Follow her on Twitter, as always, at Tracker Payton. So we're talking about March. I know how she starts her March. I also know how she finished her February on NBC. The ACLU says a ban would violate the First Amendment rights of millions of Americans.
6: Experts say that, in fact, a national ban has little precedent here in the U.S., but it's common in China.
7: China typically bans big tech and social media companies uh, from their citizens being able to access them ostensibly for some of the same privacy concerns and reasons.
2: Last year, a TikTok example. So that's part of a story on NBC's Nightly News last night with Lester Holt about uh, the idea of TikTok being banned in the United States. And uh, Teresa Payton making the rounds on primetime last night.
7: Hey, good morning, Bo and Beth. Yes, and uh, I'll be on Fox News later this morning around 10 a.m. talking with uh, Bill Hemmer and Dana Perino about the U.S. Marshals' uh, recent data incident.
2: So uh, we'll talk about that in a second, but uh, about the TikTok story, there's actually two uh, fronts with TikTok, but this idea uh, that perhaps TikTok could be banned altogether, uh, and that was the uh, the part of the story we heard there you talking about last night. Uh, what about that idea? We've, we've talked about it before, but here it is in the forefront once again.
7: Yeah, this is really interesting because there are sites that in the past have been blocked um, so that Americans cannot access them, there's been technology and products and things like that in the past that have been banned. This would be somewhat unprecedented. This is a social media platform which now has a U.S. headquarters uh, for sort of the North American implementation of TikTok. Um, And so it'll be interesting to watch. How does this really unfold? Is it actually lawful? Uh, Who can actually issue the ban? And will it stick? Um, You could see where TikTok could potentially bring forward a lawsuit. I know the American Civil Liberties Union has stepped in and said they oppose a congressional ban on TikTok. Um, Really, this is one, Beth and Bo, get the popcorn out, sit back and watch, and I don't think anybody can predict the real ending here.
3: Well, we've already seen that TikTok is being banned from a lot of federal devices, devices that are used by government officials, and there's now a deadline on that. Is this a litmus test for what it might look like to ban TikTok from all devices?
7: It is, and I have to say a 30-day full 100 percent removal is easier said than done. Having worked uh, at the White House, I can tell you sort of when these uh, unfunded mandates come down, you have to do a full inventory. You have to know, you know, where did you open up the policy to even allow access to it? And this isn't just about the app. Many people don't actually have an account on TikTok, but they see things from TikTok based on going to a web page, yeah. based on posts people have done on other social media platforms. So, what does this 30 day ban mean? Uh, and again, there might be some people working. Undercover that need access to TikTok that are government employees with government devices. So this is going to require all of the technology departments to really do a full scan of all of the hardware, all of the software, and then to be able to create a scorecard to say, yes, indeed, we have removed it from all government devices with a few exceptions. To get that done in 30 days, that is going to be a Herculean task.
3: Well, really quick question about TikTok itself. For those of us, I've never had a TikTok account out or opened, or you know, downloaded the TikTok app, but like you just said, it shows up on my Instagram feed, or TikTok videos show up in, in Facebook. If you see a TikTok video and it plays through your Instagram feed, is that a way for for the the company to get that private data, your email address, your location, things like that? Is even if you don't have the TikTok app,
7: potentially yes. Oh. Uh, it depends on how the TikTok video was shared. It depends on whether or not you clicked on it. So you opened up the screen, you wanted to see, you know, rolling kittens or rolling pandas a little bit better. So you click on it to make it bigger. It really depends on sort of how your privacy settings are, are set up and how the TikTok access is set up and whether or not you click on it. All of those things could wake up sort of tracking cookies, uh, you know, different types of information that could potentially be set back. Um, obviously, having an account on TikTok, that means your user ID, your password potentially, your uh, all the different account information you fill out and your patterns and behaviors of when you open up the app, close the app, all of those things are considered of concern from a privacy uh, standpoint and uh, are sort of in that conversation of what do we want to make sure stays you know, kind of private and secure versus where are their concerns down the road? Could TikTok be compelled by the parent company, which is headquartered in China, to turn over that type of information.
2: Well, that's a whole show, a whole hour with you uh, one day, I think, uh, uh, because a lot of us uh, are not on some of these platforms that you hear uh, stories about, like TikTok. Beth's not on it, and I'm not either. But the idea that you could be vulnerable even if you're not, because you know sometimes uh, you'll see videos that are from a social media platform that you can access online, Mm -hmm. but not actually have the app on your phone. Mm -hmm. But anyway, I want to get to uh, two items, two hacking incidents We only have about a minute here, but I want to get your short takes on each of these. Uh, U.S. Marshals Service hacked in what's called a major incident, and also News Corp hacked. Uh, Two of those very high-profile entities. What about it, Teresa? Uh,
7: It's very concerning. We don't know all the details yet about the U.S. Marshals data breach. This is the second time that they have been hacked in recent years. Uh, They do say that the witness protection database is safe, so if anybody's listening and you've got family, friends, or you yourself are in the witness protection database, so far what we know about the forensics is that that has not been compromised. The question is, what has been? Um, you know, has it been uh, informants? Has it been undercover operations and programs? Uh, so more to come on that. Same thing with News Corp. So with News Corp, this is. Uh, it sounds like the nefarious cyber operatives had access to News Corp and some of their subsidiary companies for up to two years. I have to tell you, as somebody who had to manage these massive global networks uh, in the past, um, you know, whether it's in banking or whether it was at the White House, an attacker having two years worth of access, I would personally not be able to trust our systems ever again. I don't know how Mm -hmm. you completely eradicate them. You know, if you think about sort of, uh, you know, predators or insects uh, who like get through a building and they're hanging out there for two years, how hard it is to get them out of a physical structure. Mm-hmm. This is digital. You can't see them. The evidence mm-hmm. of you know where they are is really hard. So uh, more to come on that, uh, but obviously very concerning for anybody who is a source of information and needs their identity protected, whether it's to U.S. Marshals or to News Corps.
2: Hey, real quick, uh, some book news as we're going out the door here.
7: Yes, yeah, some great book news. So, for those of you who have been waiting for the second edition of Privacy in the Age of Big Data, you may remember we were on the John Stewart Daily Show with the first edition of the book. Ted and I have a new book out, second edition. You can pre-order it now. If you want a personalized copy, you can order it through Park Road Books. If you want an ebook, or you just want to get the book to a friend or to yourself, you can also go to amazon.com.
2: Teresa Payton, our cybersecurity expert, she'll be on Fox a little bit later. She was on NBC Nightly News last night. Uh, needless to say, we appreciate her being on this show. Thank you,
7: Beth and both. Always a great time to be with you. I look forward to our Wednesday conversations and be
2: safe out there. Which, which one do you catch, if you have the choice? That's a question. New Gallup poll. You'll never guess which airline people love and hate the most.
3: I was surprised by the airline that people love the most, but not surprised by how much people hate air travel. They're in a real crisis situation as far as public perception goes. Um, airlines are. A Gallup poll from August of last year found that when asked how people feel about the airline industry, the z- results were 6% say very positive. 21% were kind of positive. 35% say, ah, we're kind of neutral about it. But 26% of people say negative, And 11% say very negative. So they have a public a public relations crisis going on in the airline industry right now. But among this Gallup poll were some of the best airlines. And they did this based on as far as best and least liked airlines based on social media posts that were favorable or not favorable. So listen to this. I didn't even know this was an airline. The most popular airline in the world, according to looking at these social media posts, 53 and a half percent of the tweets were positive about this airline. Canada's Bearskin Airlines. Never heard of it. Never that heard sounds of it sounds like a. It sounds like what Hooters Air turned into. <laughs> uh,
4: Bearskin.
2: How remember? do they spell that? Bearskin. It's bear like a
3: B E A R.
2: Like a bear, bear as you dare skin.
3: Yeah, exactly. So Bearskin Airlines, the number one. Can I get more wings.
2: <laughs> These fries are great. <laughs> But I'm looking down the list here, and I don't see a whole lot of anything that I recognize.
3: Yeah, because American Airlines, not not American, the, the, the actual airline company, but the airlines here in the United States.
2: Air, airlines that are American. <laughs> airlines that are
3: American didn't actually make the list of best-ofs anywhere in the world. So who
2: else is on here? The
3: most hated airline in the world is India's Go First Airlines. That sounds like you don't want to get on that plane. Like, well, you're going to be the first to go. I was
4: going to say, I was like standing there, you go first.
3: Yeah, you go first.
4: (laughs) I'm going to see how you do, and then I'm going to see if I get on.
3: So they had a 73.8% negative rating. 73.8% of all of the social media postings about them were negative. Mm -hmm. But in terms of American Airlines, airlines here in the United States, the two most disliked were Spirit Airlines, 62.2% negative feedback, and Frontier Airlines Mm -hmm. with 61.9% negative feedback. And no American airline made the most loved list.
2: And as I look at this, I, I think as I go down it, Spirit Airlines, Frontier Airlines, those may be the only two out of all of these that I recognize. Do you recognize some of these other, I mean, those are the only two American or United States uh, airlines, but uh, the, the Go First I've never heard of. I mean, some of these other ones on here, uh, uh, Manta Air, uh, Air Kenya Express, ProFlight, I mean, these are... A lot of these I've never heard of the brands ever.
3: Yeah, these are the so some of the most loved airlines. Like you're saying, Bo, they're regional to it looks like specific countries. Mm-hmm. Um, Pacific Coastal Airlines. So two the two top airlines in the world, according to people loving them, are both Canadian Airlines, Bearskin and Pacific Coastal Airlines. Um, but listen to some of these. I don't want to. I don't want to fly on some of these just based on the name tap express
2: <laughs> we're back to jim's point go first yeah you go, go first, first. <laughs> i'm not going to i hear you come and come and go in one piece
3: yeah you you, you go first I'll, I'll see if you make it then maybe i'll what are you yeah. good luck airlines
2: <laughs> <laughs>
4: they either get you there or really close <laughs> good luck buddy <laughs> Oh, wow. Um, so I like the ones where you get to fly the plane yourself. It's yeah. like those are always questionable. Just hop in. So I could just sit in the cockpit and fly the plane. Okay. Here
3: are the instructions. <laughs> know where you want to go, get in the plane, and go there. <laughs> Some of the least popular airlines, like we said about Frontier and Spirit, those are the least. But the least popular airline in the world. And again, why would you fly this? SpiceJet? Spice Jet. <laughs>
2: Because I bet the mustard is incredible. <laughs> it's like the Spice
4: Girls have their own airline? Right. Spice it's Jet?
3: called Spice Jet.
4: It's called Trump Jet.
3: It is, uh, it is one of, and this is not a joke, it's one of Go First's competitors. So it's, oh. you can either fly Go First or Spice Jet the next time that you're uh You're trusting to... your
4: lives to these airlines.
3: Yeah. There's also Flair Airlines, Jetstar, that's not bad, Um Let's see if there's one more funny. Fueling? I don't know what that means. Mm. Like, we, we might put fuel in there. <laughs> like, <laughs> we might have fuel in the plane, maybe not. I don't even recognize any of the names.
4: Yeah, That's most bizarre.
3: of them. It looks like they are local to or regional to the the areas where they fly. But now, Jim Zoki will seek
2: out Spice Jet. <laughs> Spice Jets. I think you just should seek out Bearskin. And you know what he's yeah, gonna say? Gonna hey, Spice Jet, you go first. <laughs> <laughs> All right, 10 before 9 o'clock here on WBT. Going to talk to Matt Harris momentarily from the Impact of Influence podcast regarding the Murdoch case, which enters day number 26 in just a few hours. And uh, before we talk to Matt, just a quick recap uh, by way of Queen City News. Here's Morgan Francis. The
1: prosecution called witnesses back to the stand to discredit a witness the defense hired who testified Paul Murdoch died from a shotgun wound to the back of his head. They called a crime scene expert back to the stand to reenact their theory.
6: The defense agreed with the assessment that Paul stood there for a
4: moment, bleeding down his injured left arm, and he slowly walked toward the door. Okay, and what does the shooter do? The shooter's coming in the door. And then what does the shooter do? He shoots Paul in the back of the head after he passes him. Okay, so what did you find odd
6: about the theory, first of all? I think the theory is preposterous
5: in my opinion.
1: Also back on the stand, Dr. Ellen Reamer. She did the autopsies on Maggie and Paul and reasserted her previous testimony. There's no way that this these features are consistent with a contact shotgun into the head. Alec Murdoch's former law firm partner had a heated exchange with the defense, which suggested his testimony was fueled by anger that Murdoch stole money.
4: Yes, I experienced a lot of anger. But you can't walk around With anger, you have to find a way to deal with it and move forward. And I have done that. And if you suggest, You are dead wrong. If you think I've come in here and told this jury something because of money, when we're talking about two people who were brutally murdered,
8: then you're you're headed in the wrong direction.
1: We still don't know when the jury will visit the Colleton County property to see where the crimes took place. When that happens, closing arguments will follow.
2: And since she filed that report, we now know that it's going to be uh, today, in fact, in just a few hours. And uh, Matt Harris from uh, Mix 107.9 and, like I said, uh, the Impact of Influence podcast with Seton Tucker's back with us. Thanks mm-hmm. for coming down the hall. Thanks for having me. So this is a big deal today. This is uh, something the judge allowed a few days ago, yep. them to, to return to the site. Uh, what are you anticipating here? All right, so they are going to
9: 930, but uh, Judge Newman said if they can get there earlier, they'll go. So they'll go to Moselle. It's a huge property. I don't know how much they're going to want to see while they're out there, but it, the the property is uh, to put it in some perspective twice as big as Central Park, more than twice, two and a half times size Central Park. Wow. Uh, so there's going to be one pool reporter. Originally there wasn't going to be any pool reporter, photographer, videographer, but now there's going to be one pool reporter, one photog, and one videographer. Uh, takes about 30 minutes to get there, 20 to 30 minutes. Uh, the, Judge Newman thought they'd only spend an hour there, but it might be more. They can't ask any questions of anyone but the judge when they're there. Um, he's the, the only one they can talk to. They can't talk to each other. They can't talk to law enforcement or the, the sheriffs that were with him or anything like that. Uh, what I the, the big thing I would imagine they're going to look at is to kind of, you know, you can see an overhead of some place, but you really don't get the, 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 the idea, the scale of how close you are, right? Right. So they're going to see the feed room where Paul's body was, because that's a bit of a, a controversy over how a second sh- or a shooter could get in there uh, into that small area. So they'll get look that. I think they'll get an idea of where Maggie's body was in relation. Because if you say, some people have been saying thirty yards, some have been saying twenty yards. And you're just think about it, thirty yards in your head. It's kind of tough to visualize. Right. It I think. Right, feels arbitrary. Right. Yeah. yeah. And even that person who said it might. Right. right. So you can, and it's important that distance, if they're going to go with Alec. 911 call. If they're thinking, he said he, you know, f- checked on Paul, then Maggie, then went back to his truck. Timing is a lot of in this thing. How far is the Moselle house from the scene of the crime? Uh, they might also even uh, look at some of the areas where they're they were uh, hunting. Uh, there was the target practice and stuff where they found the shells. Uh, just even driving out there, I think, will give them. Although they are from Collinson County, so it's possible, but it'll show them how far in the country this is, how there's nobody around, how you wouldn't hear a gunshot. And, and would Moselle, the house on Moselle, be able to hear gunshots? Now, again, Judge Newman told them, remember, this is two years later, basically, vegetation's grown, it's a different time of year, and all mm-hmm. that sort of thing. So, yeah, they're supposed to, he thinks they'll be back at 11, then they will give, the Newman will give them the basic rules, laws of uh, the closing and uh, the closing arguments. And then we're on. Game on.
3: Now, you have been making the rounds on a lot of national broadcasts uh, talking about this trial. You were just on Nancy Grace last night, I yeah. think.
9: Yeah, there was in, they ran it a few times. But, yeah, it was in the afternoon and the court to be at night, yeah.
3: So she made a point, and one of the big sticking points that has come up in this trial is that Snapchat video right. that put Alec at the, the stables or at the um, the, the kennels. kennels. Uh, but right before the murders happened, and the fact that he's admitted that he lied about mm-hmm. being down there. And she made this point, and I want to know your, your thoughts on this, that why would he feel the need to lie mm-hmm. if he didn't know right. that these two people had been killed? He wouldn't have known when they were killed if he just drove upon them hours later after visiting his mom. Mm-hmm. That was an excellent point that I don't think N- had yeah. necessarily been made in the courtroom.
9: It, it, um, it was a FaceTime video. You could hear um, Alec's voice It was in the a back. FaceTime video. Yeah, there was a Snapchat video, but that was where he was different, different clothes. It doesn't matter. But anyway, the point is, um, well, I mean, she's a little, I mean, it's, she's a little bit off base because Alec would have had a, some general idea. I mean, he would have known, he still would have known he was at the kennels. Yeah. And they were killed at the kennels. And
3: they were so he could at-
9: just say, I don't want to be at the kennels no matter when they were killed. Because uh I just don't want to be
3: anywhere near, the, anywhere murder near the murders.
9: I mean, that's flimsy. Don't get me wrong. But that could be his thing. Like, I just didn't even want to be anywhere n- near where the crimes were committed, regardless. Because, you know, they were obviously committed. In his head, I was thinking he probably was hoping they were committed while he was at his mom's, mom's house. house. But even then, if he wanted to lead them on, like, he could have said, he was at the kennel. Right. I mean, that would have, he would have been like, yeah, I was at the kennel at that time.
3: Yeah, the question is why the lie? Why lie? Why I mean, the but lie? But
9: that is—we that is, that is, thought when he went on the stand he might be able to explain it away. He did a horrible job at explaining it away. That is the huge thing, the biggest thing, I think, that the uh, the, the defense has to figure out a way around. It's why he lied.
2: So closing arguments set to begin this afternoon. And how long do we think they will go? Uh,
9: uh, court TV had do with Vinnie Politan. He thought— They'd be quick. He thought they might finish today. A jury would go out by the end of the day. I've heard others say expect three hours from each side. Yeah. So in that case, you're looking at the end of – or at least part way through Thursday. Because uh, you know my Thursday. follow-up
2: question is going to be once it gets – once the jury gets the case, how long do we think they're going to deliberate?
9: It, you know, it's so hard to call because, you know, if they ha- – there's no way they have a majority – but do they have one or two? If it's one, how hardcore are they going to stay? How are they going to dig their heels? And if it's two, they might have a little pact. Uh, and then what happens when it's Friday at five? Do mm-hmm. you get a little weaker and like, ah, eh, screw it. I need a pizza and a drink. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, it's, hard, it's so hard to say because, you know, you try to read it. But there are things that the, the, the people who think he's, would think he's not guilty, maybe, or not even not guilty, but they didn't prove it beyond a reasonable doubt, would be like, how do you explain him shooting this kid that testified, has always said he loves him, and yet he puts a gun basically to his head and blows his brains out? You don't need a motive, but sure helps, right? I don't know.
2: All right, Impact
9: of Influence is the podcast. That is you can it. listen to that. Yep. New and one dropped last night.
2: New one dropped last night, of course, uh, all over uh, TV, and, and you spent uh, several days down there last week. Are you going yeah. back?
9: I, w- I was there, I wrapped up yesterday, did Court TV down there, drove back to the morning show. I'm driving back after the morning yeah. show to go back down, do Court TV, drive back. You got it.
2: We'll, <laughs> talk-, we'll talk to you soon.
9: Yeah, all right, Bo. Thanks. thanks. Matt Harris. Mix
2: 107.9, and of course, all day long, stay with WBT. And I was curious about uh, the pool reports and the video and whether any of that was going to go to the scene, and now we know it is. Yeah. Uh, so more to come, including Governor Pat McCrory for the 9 o'clock hour. He's in the house. Much to talk about. Stay with us.
4: With good old fashioned common sense
2: and nothing else. Movement of everyday Americans from every walk of life.
0: Now we've got momentum. This is the tipping point. Now we've got a movement.
6: (laughs) This is 300 level college education. Exercise of common sense. This is expensive stuff that you're getting for free. This is part of the movement of common sense.
4: 14 years as Charlotte mayor, governor of the Tar Heel state, Pat McCrory. Coming
1: now, North Carolina Governor Pat McCrory. Governor, governor North Thank Carolina you.
11: Governor Pat McCrory is joining us for the first time as an official NBC News contributor.
9: We're to us now with North Carolina Governor Pat McCrory. Four years as NC governor.
6: This is quite an honor for me today. I'm overwhelmed and I'm honored to be on the main street of our beautiful capital city. The Boy Scouts in the audience, and they may we served together when i was governor of indiana and uh, he did a great
4: job pat mccrory i honestly i don't i don't know how good he is on radio
2: you'll have to tell him that i said that Get back,
5: y'all this is pat mccrory <laughs> <in a country laughs> that's
6: more fun being the governor ain't it <laughs> <laughs> right, it's Wednesday, the governor is in the house Oh, so this might even be your, over your head today this, is, this might even be 400 level 400. I mean beyond even a Davidson graduate Boy, that's And getting, a
2: Carolina graduate That's getting into Beth Troutman territory I mean, yeah, Let yeah.
6: me tell you this A student loan is not even required for this You're getting this for free Wow. No debt, no federal bailout Required during the next hour This is going to be complex Inside information about the game. You know why? Because I've played the game. I've been played by the game. And I'm here to expose the game.
5: At game. The city,
6: state, and federal level. And if you can't handle this from an intellectual standpoint, or you can't handle it because it might disagree with your opinion or it might conflict with all the things that you've determined to be the truth, you might want to... Go take a walk right now I know the advertisers don't want to hear this But I think, oh, Bo's taking a walk Uh, right now Yeah, Bo's leaving He said he doesn't want to hear it It's unbelievable, he's walking out He
3: just went down the hallway No,
6: HR just called him because HR's telling him That this could be my last show today He
3: went (laughs) to go get a Coke
6: I could have the PC police take me out today You know, I heard Mark Garrison's report at News Yeah you know, Mark Garrison is the Charles Corralt of WBT Radio. He's the I mean, Charles Carrault of Charlotte. He, he's Charles. I mean, I think he was the son of Charles Corralt. You know, Charles Corralt was known to mess around a little bit. He had like a second family. That Do you know that?
3: Oh, I don't know that. But Charles
6: Corralt I- had a second family that his wife didn't know about.
3: You've just ruined my <laughs> entire yeah, well, that's, that's-
6: life. You know Mark's working. Today. So so Mark <laughs> he's down but the Mark hole. didn't do that. Mark's okay. a good guy. <laughs> that was a weird
3: but story. But his voice up. his
6: voice in the sto- way he tells stories.
3: Oh, he's a great storyteller.
6: He really is.
3: I tell him I want him to just record himself reading like goodnight stories. But to he me.
6: just told the story of Suran Suron. Yep. Um, asking for parole again. And the I think the only thing I've ever agreed with Gavin Newsom, who I got to know, we were mayors together and we disagreed on everything is he's going to deny the parole of Sirhan Sirhan even if the parole board gives him a release. And I I was 12 years old in 68 when Sirhan Sirhan killed Robert F. Kennedy at the hotel in in L.A. After winning the California primary around 12 midnight, so it was early in the morning here, 3 o'clock in the morning here, and... um, I remember waking up and hearing Robert F. Kennedy was assassinated. I mean, can you imagine the leading Democrat, the leading contender of a party being assassinated basically on the last day of all primaries? That's when California meant something in a primary. The elections weren't over on a Super Tuesday. And a guy named Rosie Greer, a very famous Los Angeles Rams football player, very famous. In fact, he became a little TV star. and he used to commentator. He tackled Sir Hunt, Sir Hunt. After the shooting. And here are the pictures of Robert F. Kennedy laying down on the ground. He's the brother of the president who was assassinated just just five years years earlier in 1963, November 22nd, 1963. And uh, it was, and earlier, just a few months earlier, Martin Luther King was killed. And so the people say, oh, these times are unparalleled in history. Look at all the Violence and things going on compared to 68, this is nothing. Then we had Vietnam. We had the moon landing the very next year, of course. We went around the moon with Borman in 68. And, uh, or is it Gorman? Borman. Now, someone needs to correct me if I'm wrong. I
3: believe it's Gorman.
2: Let me ask you a question, though. Are you surprised that, because obviously that stretch was so turbulent that you Mm -hmm. talk about, are Mm -hmm. you surprised that there has been nothing since? Like in a, like we just went well, through a ten year period. I think where after that,
6: George Wallace. The, but I mean, in, was I mean, in recent times,
2: I'm talking about like the last 10, 15 years, where so you know a lot of people said this is the. Well, I'm sure Obama, Trump,
6: and even Biden have gotten a lot of threats. I think the last president probably shot at was Reagan. Yeah, in '81, and he's 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 out of jail. Mm-hmm. And before that, Gerald Ford. Which was, she, he was shot at twice, I believe, and one of them was Squeaky Fromm, one of Charles Manson's followers. You know how you see in all these Brad Pitt movies about oh, yeah. Charles Manson? Well, one of those Charles Manson young women shot at Gerald Ford in San Francisco near Union Square while he was getting out of his car and she just shot a pistol. That but play. since 81, when President Reagan was yeah. shot. Hinckley. Uh, Hinckley.
2: There hasn't been there hasn't been. uh, Now, as you say, what do we what do we not know that's happened that hasn't been reported? But nothing like that has happened since 81. Uh, Given the last 10 or 15 years, uh, that's pretty remarkable that it hasn't happened, to be honest with you. And I think that includes not
6: only presidents, but uh, now we've had elected officials shot at uh, in Congress. We had during the soft the baseball practice and Uh, Gabby Giffords. We've had a lot of people threatened. I've been, I was threatened. Uh, I was attacked at times. (laughs) I had to have a lot of security at times, especially when I went to college campuses. I've been physically attacked here in Charlotte. But you're right. Considering all the violence that
2: this nation has had, um, and I don't, I mentioned uh, uh, Gabby Giffords was shot, and yeah. so was Steve Scalise. So I don't mean that it hasn't happened to any uh, public right, official, right. but on the level of a president, it hasn't happened.
6: You're right. I can't think of that. We may be corrected. I can't think of any uh, major attempt on a life. But what we don't know, we don't know at this point in time. Mm-hmm. I'm surprised there hasn't been foreign intervention. Of course, now the Kennedy papers. I'm a John F. Kennedy assassination student. I've been to Daly Plaza probably five times. In fact, last time I went to Dallas, I went and found the parking deck where Oswald got shot being taken, mm. being put in the car. I went and found that. Yeah. <laughs> Is that sick or what? Because it had an impact on well, me. Yeah, I was in second grade life. and Oswald still freaks me out. But coming up, we're going to talk about some things. By the way, we're going to do a McCrory Top 5 because all of a sudden the FBI has now announced, the FBI director has now announced that the lab leak kind of came from China. So everyone's talking about the national level. But we might revisit some of the things North Carolina did wrong during this whole COVID thing. And we've never revisited that going, what are the top five things we did wrong in North Carolina now in hindsight, which many of the things we mentioned on this show during that time. And a bit later than that, uh, iPhone tips with Pat McCrory. No, I'm going to the environmental police. I just found this out late last night, have gone after your iPhones and you don't know it. I'm going to tell you how to change your iPhone because they're going to make it more difficult for you to recharge your iPhone. If you've updated your iPhone lately, I just did this last night.
3: Oh! It,
6: it, so I'm going to go through step by step, and this is Pat McCrory explaining an iPhone. I'm I kind mean, of
3: excited about this. Well, <laughs> he's going to. Hey, uh, watch can I used, I, say? Uh, I used my iPhone, and the astronaut you were thinking of, Frank Borman.
2: Bo- Frank Borman. It. Apollo I said, Eight. I, I you said, Borman you said Borman. said Borman time. first.
3: Yeah. 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 Frank coming Borman. Up, you were right.
2: Coming up, Pat McCrory will try to remove that U2 album from his And we're going to talk
6: about a city council thing that you want me <laughs> yeah. to talk about. Yes. Uh, the secret behind the scenes, and we're going to talk about the Supreme Court. Again, this is, this is almost 500 level course. If mm-hmm. you can
2: handle it. Hang on. Uh, <sighs> yeah, you know what that sound means. It's back. Often imitated, never duplicated. It's the McCrory Top 5. Actually, the only reason I do this
6: is so I could listen to the Who's Next album. We Won't Get Fooled Again. Being the classic rock kind of guy I am. Mm hmm. So uh, the top five, you want to know what it is? Mm-hmm. Well, I'm doing this because we heard yesterday that the FBI director finally announced that COVID probably came from the China lab. And, you know, a lot of people lost their jobs because or got kicked off of Google and got kicked off of Facebook and you name it for saying, hey, it came from the China lab. Trump got attacked a lot for this. Um, turns out they're probably right. Probably right. All of us kind of knew it was right, but we were all wearing our jerseys. We, we couldn't agree with the other jersey at the time during mm-hmm. COVID. It became a PC war. Do you want to hear what, what Christopher Ray actually said? Not really. No? Okay. Not really. I heard what he said. <laughs> and the liberal stations are going, well, it's still not clear. And the conservative stations say it's absolute. It came from the lab. It's probably somewhere in between. It probably came from the lab, but we don't have definite proof because China's hiding. It. So uh, I thought it'd be good everyone's talking about the federal level so what did we do wrong now that we look back at North Carolina because it was a big deal in North Carolina a lot of people lost their jobs lost their went in debt, suffered in their schools and every week the governor my my successor gave press conferences and you and I would have a lot of fun with this and we, often during that time period, criticized a lot of it, despite what I heard in my Senate campaign. In my Senate campaign, I, I heard commercials against me saying I agreed with all these shutdowns, which was just the opposite of what we said on this radio show. But So I'm going to review the top five things we probably should have revisited during COVID. Number five. Number five. Well, this is just recent number five. We're misusing... Federal COVID money still to this day. Tens of hundreds of millions of dollars have been transferred to the state, and all of a sudden, the states are flush with money. And they're not spending it on COVID. You know, they're supposed to upgrade all the schools if this happens again, so all the students are protected and the classrooms have all these dividers. Mm -hmm. Have you seen any of that done? Mm -hmm. Do you have any idea how the money was spent? We're gonna spend a day on that when I come back.
5: But it's being, it's
6: being, it's 600 level. I can't deal with it today, but it is being misused in the hundreds of millions and billions of dollars. And in fact, if anything, the federal government ought to ask it for it back from not just the states, but the counties and cities too. Number four. Number four. The closure of our schools, our universities, we shut them down and young people weren't dying from this disease at a number that was sufficient for that yeah there were a few cases but well over 90% of the people who died from COVID were over 65 and had previous diseases we knew that at the time but we shut down our schools and now we know the harm that that's done I mean it's just a horrible mistake but we were doing what according to the governor science no we weren't we were not following science we were going completely against science we were doing politically correct world because of the teachers Union and because of the professors and because of the students that are scared of blinking wrong or saying things have wrong benefit in our university
11: evolving science
6: that was the biggest bunch of crap Mandy Moore going whatever
1: say hang in there we're going to keep watching our numbers
6: remember they had watched the numbers while we shut down our school system all right what's next uh, that would be number three number three. Oh, this was one of my favorite sporting events the state law or not the state law it all came from the governor's office said students in junior high and high school and elementary school running track, playing basketball, playing football, must wear their mask during the games. (laughs) And yet, if you're the Charlotte Hornets or Carolina Tar Heels, you didn't have to wear your mask. And the coaches would, though, have to wear their mask on the bench, but when they called timeout, they could take off their mask and tell everyone when they're close what the next play is. See, the COVID science Science. knew whether it was a junior high or elementary school track meet, and it applied to the kids more, but it didn't apply to the Carolina Tar Heels when they played. You know why? Because they were going to win the championship. Do you think that had to do with some lobbying by the NBA and by the NCAA? You can't let our kids wear masks. Because it's not good for TV. Well, our high school kids running track meets were wearing masks, and the media just let it happen.
2: Science. <laughs> okay, we're going to have to uh, do number two and number one in our next segment. Man, I'm. I'm
3: He's fired up.
2: I'm fired I know, up. I know,
6: but I. It's just amazing. What we did—I mean, we're going to look back at these days, and it's going to look like Stone Age. Of what we did, especially to our children. All right, I'll do the final two when we come back. I know you can't wait, and then we're going to talk about the Supreme Court case
2: and the city council meeting and the city council meeting. So, uh, Vince Coakley, you can—we're going to talk about some real
6: behind-the-scenes of Mm -hmm. what really happened. Mm -hmm. You know why? Because I've been there.
2: I've played the game. I've been played by the game. And now we're at halftime. Back to the Macquarie top five where I don't know where we were. We're going to combine the last two into number one. Yeah, we'll just go back to number one. The top five things
6: that we did in the state of North Carolina that we look back on now and go, how stupid were we? It really had nothing to do with science. It was all about politics and political correctness and what jersey we were wearing. That's all it was about. And Governor Cooper and Mandy Moore. Going, whatever.
5: Okay, let's dig into the data.
6: Looked at the data and said everything they're doing was based upon science. science. So, we're doing this because the FBI finally announced that this probably came from China in the lab. Okay, the last thing that really got me number about the one. rules, which we talked about many times three years ago. Number one, number one, let's <laughs> <That's two.
3: laughs> <laughs>
6: This was supposed to be the 300 course today, but breaking news is going to stop that. Well,
3: I think we need to learn to count
6: first before <laughs> we get to the 300. Whatever. <laughs> whatever. Mandy Moore, counting, whatever. <laughs> we closed the bars. We closed the churches. We closed parks at lake jimmy a beautiful sandy park we closed for two years while i the rich people at lake jimmy the the lead at lake jimmy got to ride my 19-foot yacht by the park and the beach put an anchor out and swim right at the park the regular people couldn't use the park because we said the park was too dangerous because of covid when in fact that might have been the safest place with open air For two years, we closed parks in North Carolina. Based upon what? Oh, uh, Mandy, where are you?
5: Okay, let's dig into the data.
6: Based upon the data. It was the big lie of all lies. And the media didn't ask these questions or let the people know of the hypocrisy of this. Hold on just a second. We may have some breaking news. It's kind of killing our whole calendar. All right. What's the breaking news? Well, an apology just occurred. Mark Garrison, you know, the Charles Corral of WBT Radio, Uh he just broke another news story. He played an apology of Beth Wood. That's right. Who I used to work with. She's a member of the Council of State. Had meetings with her every month. She's actually a very smart person at times, except when driving, apparently. And uh, she made an apology. And you know how you and I feel about apologies, so we need to play the apology. Here's the apology. What I would tell
7: you is this. I am so sorry that the accident happened. Obviously, I'm so
6: sorry.
2: So all I can do now is move forward and fix what was broken. That's a trigger word around here. Sorry, because you know what happens when you say you're sorry. This happens when you say you're sorry. Or it's supposed to happen. Here we go. And the scene. So
7: sorry. Yeah, what can you say? Uncle Albert. Except, I'm sorry.
6: I think that apology, I'm not even going to have a vote. I'm going to pull a Putin on you. I'm going to just be a dictator. (laughs) And vote her into (laughs) the I'm (laughs) So Sorry Uncle Albert WBT Hall of Fame. Because that was one of the most classic apologies I've ever heard. I'm so sorry. She even used the words of Paul McCartney's song. I'm so sorry. It's almost like she did it for this segment. Absolutely. And not only did that, she say, I'm so sorry. She didn't really apologize for what the controversy is. The controversy is she ran from the accident. But she just apologized for the accident. (laughs) I mean, a lot of people have gotten in accidents. I've been in a lot of accidents myself. Auto accidents. And I'm sorry they happened, but I didn't run away from the accident. What I would tell you is this. I am so sorry
7: that the accident happened.
6: (laughs) You know. Another breaking report. Mark Garrison just ran in. He had to run back out. He gave, he has a tape of the accident when it occurred of, apparently there was a microphone nearby of Beth Wood when the accident occurred. Let's replay the official tape of Beth Wood at the time of the collision. So when she when the collision occurred, she really screamed, This is breaking news by Mark Garrison, WBT News Department. Mark is never he's never gonna be the anchor on this show again. He's
3: never coming back.
4: Says,
6: no one me. else has
2: played that tape of Beth Wood in the accident. <clears throat> Uh, you said there was an apology. There's also a thank you note. Have you heard the thank you note? No, I have not heard this that. This is the thank you note.
5: Well, thank you, Governor. <laughs> I'm so appreciative of your steadfast leadership and your commitment to science and data-driven decision-making.
6: Determined. So let's
5: dive right into the data.
6: I got to go to a brewery <laughs> right now because the breweries Wait. were the only thing kept open.
2: Wait a minute. The this brewery whole,
6: and this whole strip show, bars this this whole were the sh- only sh- thing kept open. This bar. whole
2: show has been coming from a
6: brewery this <laughs> morning. <laughs> True story. Strip bars and breweries were kept open. Bars were closed. You know why? Science. (laughs) As long as they had a buffet.
3: Well, you know, if you're naked, you can't get COVID. That's the science.
6: I did not. Science. (laughs) I did not. I did not. Coming from you. Beth, Beth, you're not helping. Is this Beth Wood talking or Beth (laughs) (laughs) Foutman? You know, this was supposed to be the 300 and 400 level course. After this segment, we're going back to the Supreme Court and some serious stuff.
3: Yes, we are. But actually, stop spreading rumors. what
6: we did during COVID, it'll be looked upon in history as what were we thinking? And Beth, <laughs> you're probably now saying, what was I thinking that night?
3: When not I, me, Beth.
6: When yep. I ran into a car. <laughs> not
3: me, Beth. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes I think that when you come in on Wednesdays, I'm like, "What was I thinking? <laughs> Letting him in the door?
2: No, no, no." You were the one talking about being naked. <laughs> <laughs> HBO will play this segment only at night. <laughs> well, let's have,
6: as we leave this segment, let's go back and hear the tape of Beth Wood uh, not, crashing.
2: Not
3: me, Beth. Beth Wood. Let's let's clarify. It's Beth Wood. This,
6: Beth Wood crashing or Beth Troutman
3: <laughs> not catching COVID. <laughs> WPT.
2: Final stretch here with Governor McCrory, Bo, right. and
6: Beth. I blew it for the last hour. I said we're gonna have a 400 course. We didn't do it because of the breaking news with Beth Wood and everyone else. And by the way, I wish her the best. I, I had a great relationship with Beth Wood and. And uh, she's actually a very smart and ethical person, and I uh, hope she's dealing with this situation in a much more serious way in the future. Uh, so, anyway, um, Supreme Court case. I want to get real serious. The Supreme Court case, all the news is saying this is about student loans. It's not about student loans. And I frankly strongly disagree with the repayment of student loans, but this is about separation of powers. This is about the role of the executive branch. Their job is to execute the laws, to enforce the laws. It's the role of the legislature or Congress to make the laws. And there was one law regarding student loans that was given to the education department. And the education department was allowed to waive and modify certain phases of that law. Waive and modify. And what the Supreme Court case is really about is... Wait a minute. If you're going to get rid of all this money, which is costing the taxpayers a lot of money, isn't that a little more than just modifying or waiving small parts of it? They're literally eliminating parts, which means they're really making law, which is the Congress job, not the Education Department's job, which is part of the executive branch. This is a separation of powers issues. And the reason this is happening and why people like Mick Mulvaney is – having a a say in this from his experience in both Congress and the executive branch is because especially since Obama, Trump and Biden are using executive orders more than any other presidents. Obama started it. Trump beat Obama in executive orders. And now Biden's doing the same thing. And the executive orders are being done by the president because Congress is doing nothing. They can't pass any laws because of the division. But just because they're not doing anything doesn't mean the executive branch can use as an as excuse to become their own congressional branch of government. That's what this Supreme Court case is all about. There's an issue you want to talk about on city council.
2: Yes, and uh, for the purposes of speeding this up, I want to play you uh, an exchange from a consent agenda item that was brought up on Monday night at the city council meeting, about 11 minutes in.
8: So the next item that we have um, is the police firearm ammunition item 33 to approve the unit price contract for the purchase of firearm ammunition for sole source, source m- exemption, authorizing the manager to negotiate and renew the contract. Um, do I have a motion in favor of the of the action? So moved. And a second? Aye. All right. Any discussion? Hearing none, those in favor, please raise your hands. One, two, three, four. I know that we are going to be um, absent two council members today. We can do this again, but if we could have a motion, we have a motion in favor. Can we do a Mr. McCari? Yes.
9: Oh, I just a uh, question. Are, do we have everyone that's going to be here tonight at this point?
8: Um, I, at least within my knowledge, we still have other people, two additional people coming in. So,
9: well, we it just. I mean, this is not. I. I don't know what's going on with this one, but this is something where it's you know, it's not just requirements at a state level of what we have to do. Like they, they have required training to go shoot at ranges to make sure they're proficient that. at what they're doing. This seems highly unusual that we would be doing this right now and I hope
8: all right so the uh, why don't we go ahead I'm um, all in favor of the motion please raise your hands Three, four, five six all right motion passes thank you
2: so wow. the second time around it passes six to one if uh, it had gone the the first like 45 seconds earlier completely different vote
6: Tarpakari was right. Something's going on because consent, consent agendas are a whole grouping of smaller items that you vote on as a group and a council member can poll any that they may have questions, which is typically done. Usually three or four are polled out of a 50 every council meeting. Well, when they're pulled, there's usually a reason why you polled it and the council member who polled it is identified. In fact, the mayor is supposed to go, who polled this? And why? I polled this because I have questions or concerns. So it was unusual that there was no discussion where they asked. It was it. unusual, first of all, that the person who pulled it wasn't recognized or maybe the person who polled it wasn't there. And then you have to have six votes to win. And these consent items are usually on a schedule where they're purchasing schedules that you have to meet and training schedules you have to meet. So all of a sudden, four people vote for it, and everyone's gone. And it's just odd that several council members weren't there to begin with for that meeting, but other council members were maybe in the back room. There's a back room where there's, you know, you just wondered if someone was saying, let's defeat this. I don't know, but the person who pulled the consent item about guns and bullets for a policeman and training should have been there to say, this is why I pulled it, and this is my concern. That person bailed out. But it sounds like other people knew about it, too. (laughs) So someone voted against it, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, Braxton Winston was the... So the question is, is Braxton the one who pulled it, or does Braxton know who pulled it and why? And he didn't have the courage to say it. Something was planned and it fell apart. And it's embarrassing. And the mayor probably, the mayor was probably shocked. I don't know if she knew about it, but she should have said, who polled this? I need to know who polled this. The public needs to know who polled it and what questions did you have about it? But maybe a deal was made that, hey, I've pulled this and we're just going to have a vote on it. But we don't want to talk about it because it might stir up controversy. It's just very odd that whoever polled it didn't say anything. And whoever voted against it didn't say why they voted against it. Winston Braxton? Yes. Voted against it and didn't say, this is why I'm voting against it. That's very odd in
2: a consent item. We've got to go. We've had a lot in one hour's time. I'll talk to you next week. Have a great week. Had a lot of fun. Take care, guys. That's the governor. I'm Beau. She's Beth. And Vince is next.